What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. It's me! I'm back, and I am... Well, okay, I'm normally when I say I'm not alone, I'm about to introduce uh, Lost Boy Philip, but uh, we're, I want to jump in real quick. I've only got a few minutes, but uh, you're about to hear a familiar voice, y'all. What voice? Who there could he is. that be? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Eric is back, but he's only got like a few minutes. So we're... I'm, I'm, oh. I want to work on getting him back regularly, uh, but I, like when COVID happened and everybody's job went all crazy, uh, I, Eric's schedule didn't quite mesh with mine, and so I'm just like, okay, well, I've got to just keep going, and I'll figure it out as we go. So we haven't heard from Eric, Lost Boy. Eric, I, I believe we called you. Were you Rhett Law, or was that Jesse? Oh, I was Rhett Law. You were Rhett Law. Awesome. My goodness. Well, what have you been up to for a while? Oh, goodness. I, I have been lost in the world of the pirates and just working and working and working. And, you know, finally, you know, the last couple of months, I've been able to come back and, to my lost boy roots and just enjoy things that don't involve work. <laughs> yeah. Either that or you find a, a work you enjoy. That's I feel like that's what I've managed to do, at least to some degree. If I can get my microphone to not fall away from my face. So, yes, Lost Boy Eric is here for us, and he can at least join us in the beginning of discussion. But also, we've got a brand new voice to y'all. Uh, we're going to have to come up with a good Lost Boy name for him. Right now, we're just going to call you Ben Avery, and he'll become an official <laughs> Lost Boy Ben at some point. But uh, he hosts a couple of different shows. I'm going to let you tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, uh, I got three podcasts that I host. One is Strangers and Aliens, which is about uh, faith and fantasy, sci-fi, Christianity, that kind of stuff. Then uh, I have Welcome to Level 7, which is about the Marvel movies and Marvel TV shows as they come out. And then finally I have Comic Book Time Machine, which is about comic books. Uh, with, <laughs> so, with being a time machine, you cover a lot of like older comics? Yeah, actually, um, the primary focus tends to be 70s, 80s comics. But mm -hmm. Time Machine means seven days old or seven decades old. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever you feel like discussing. And Is yeah, there a particular yeah. uh, website people can go to to track those down? Yes, uh, comicbooktimemachine.com, strangersandaliens.com, and welcome to level7.com. You're I, paying a lot of money on domains. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I went with just, you know, uh, say what it is and be what it says. So, 
All right. Well, the exciting thing about this special episode is this is going to be a 2022 year in review. So we got a lot of things to cover. I don't even know how long this is going to go, but we always <laughs> open up the show. And this is perfect because I only have Eric for a few minutes. We like to go and ask a few different questions. And mainly we focus on like some streaming, not necessarily movies, since we usually do a movie review, but we're not doing one today. But we like to ask the question, what have you been watching this week or last couple of weeks? This has been a couple of weeks since we've had a show. We'll start with Eric since he's got to go first. <laughs> well, I to be honest, I haven't been watching that much. I have actually uh, been spending most of my free time lately um, actively involved in whatever I'm watching. I, I happen to snag one of those um, uh, party stations. No, no. Um, uh, pre Anyhow, I got one of those, but I did go ahead and start watching Wednesday this week, oddly enough, on a Monday. No, it was a Tuesday, <laughs> was it? No, it was a Wednesday. Ooh. Yes, it was Wednesday that I started watching Wednesday, and I've got I'm one episode in and uh, definitely intrigued with what I've seen so far. But uh, beyond that, um, I guess the week of Christmas, I, I watched all of the Santa Claus movies and started watching the Santa Clauses ah, yes. um, and found that to be uh, definitely interesting. Um, I'm, I can't think of anything else that I've really been watching lately. Yeah. How about you, Ben? What have you been watching? Well, on Monday, I actually watched the first episode of Wednesday. So there's that. Um, but I didn't time it up as well. I, Really should look look for the synergy there, but um, the other thing, as far as like what have I been watching? Um, there's two things I've been streaming. One I've been really enjoying and just loving so much, and the other I've just been sorely, sorely disappointed with. The one I've been loving is Mr. Science Theater. Uh, they have a new app, and Mr. Science Theater 3000 has all of their original episodes are free on this app. Wow! And it, except for the ones they couldn't get the rights to, so like the two Godzilla episodes that they did, they that's not on there. Um, so there's a handful of episodes that, if you want, you can look for them on YouTube, which has also been fun because some YouTube people have been posting up uh, those episodes with the original commercials. Oh, so it's cool. like a two-hour block and all the commercials from the '90s, and it's like, oh, I, I remember that gum. You know, I, <laughs> I remember those those toaster strudels or whatever. Um, so I've been enjoying that a lot, and I'll when I'm doing laundry or doing dishes or you know anything mindless, I'll just pop that on and just yeah, loving that. What I haven't been is Willow. Um, I went back and rewatched the movie before the series started, and I was so excited for the series because I did not remember the movie being as good as it was when I watched it a couple weeks ago. I was just so excited, and then I started watching the series, and every episode, my head hangs further <laughs> down and yeah i'm going to finish it i'll, I'll finish it because i started it but i just oh it's it's as the kids wait say it's it's cringe yeah um, i mean it just there's so many creative decisions forget content just creative decisions that they made as far as like how they're doing i just oh why did you what even yeah so <laughs> yeah that's one of the ones I didn't even want to bring up last episode because I was excited for it and I only got 20 minutes in. And I said, no, what have they done? What have they done? Uh, so, and if yeah. you start it that way, you are definitely you'll, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I didn't we just last. go. Yeah. I like I said, I just hang my head further yeah. and further down. And that, that's what I was afraid I was going to do with Wednesday after I saw the ad. And I, I mentioned this on the show, like the Addams family has always been playfully evil. But I was afraid Tim Burton always takes things a little too far. Batman Returns. Uh, when he tried to do uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he goes too far. And I was afraid, given something with the, the Adams Family, he would take it too far. And when I saw the scene where uh, Wednesday unleashes a bunch of piranhas in the, the swimming pool, I was like, <laughs> no, that doesn't get you kicked out of school. That gets you arrested for attempted yeah. murder. So I was like, I don't know if I'm going to watch this because my brain's going to go, ah! but if y'all both tell me you're having fun with it, I might try. I'm only one episode in. So Was it fun I- in the one episode? So far, yeah. So far. I might give it a go. But I haven't really watched anything because I'm going to have to jump straight to my second question. I always like to ask, what have you been playing this week? Because I have a funny story about this. (laughs) I started out, and I was super excited. Final Fantasy VII Reunion Crisis Core, which I never got to play on a PSP. And I started playing it, and I was having a great time, having a ball. And then they had a holiday sale, and, uh, you know, uh, Lost Boy Philip, you know, who's also my pastor, a normal co-host here lately, Start, he started playing Disney Dreamlight, and he says, like, you actually would like this. This has got all the classic Disney characters, and I'm actually having a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'm somebody who I had a ball playing Animal Crossing, and I saw it was kind of like that. And I was like, well, let me see. And I saw there was a holiday sale, and they made it for cheap to get their full founders thing and a whole bunch of expansions. So I thought, okay, let me just get in there so I can play with Philip or something. And then I, I've got kind of addicted to it, and I haven't gotten to play any Final Fantasy VII, and I haven't really sat and watched anything because I've been sitting here farming stuff and mining <laughs> stuff and completing quests and, and fixing foods for Maui and uh, going on adventures with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> so... <laughs> I that's kind of been my thing this week. And I'm even today, I'm like, oh, I better check on. I was actually had a bunch of uh, I think I've got some cotton I need to go and pluck because I'm trying to make fiber so I can make things. And yeah, I kind of got hooked on that. And I need to get back. I, I, I intended to finish Final Fantasy seven remake Crisis Core by the end of the week when I have to go back to work next week. But I I seem to have fallen off the ball. So, Eric, <laughs> have you been playing anything good this week now that you have a PlayStation five? <laughs> you know, I, I'm afraid that I have gotten sucked into a, um, well, now a series of games that I never thought that I would find much interest in. You know, I, I will say that uh, with the purchase of my PS5, I uh, immediately reverted back to the game that I had been playing, which was Lego Star Wars The Skywalker yeah. Saga, and just yeah. trying to finish up my collecting within uh that game and i loaded the remastered spider-man game uh, and had thoroughly been enjoying that and then i realized well this console did come with a game uh god of war ragnarok and you know i've never played any of the god of war games to begin with and i hadn't played the 2018 game and so i thought well I'll go ahead. I'll try it out. See how I like it because I keep hearing it's got a really good story to it. My goodness, does it have a very good story to it? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I, I was. I had started. Out, I was going to play the Lego Star Wars thing, and then all this other stuff came up. I'm like, I, I I'm going to get back to my Lego Star Wars fun too. <laughs> I haven't even finished the New Hope. Well, well, I have. Uh, you know, I, I have completed all of the levels on. Skywalker Saga. It's just at this point, I'm going around and collecting all of my Kyber bricks and looking for all of the different, uh, you know, little extra things, all the different characters and all the different uh, mini kits and all the different uh, ships that are available throughout the game. But 
I'll tell you, I I veered hard into God of War, um, <laughs> and you know, I, I got through that within a week. Wow! And I'm now on Ragnarok, and and thoroughly um, enveloped in in that world, and hmm. you know, but I've got an awful lot of uh, gaming to get through. I need to get through these because I need to make sure that my schedule is clear come February for Hogwarts Legacy. Then yes. in, uh, you know, later for, oh, goodness. Now I'm blanking out on the other games that I was interested in. Jedi, Jedi Survivor. Survivor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and then I need to, you know, warm my Switch back up once Tears of the Kingdom gets released this year. And, uh, you know, I, oh, and I've got uh, Gotham Knights to look at as well. So I've got a full slate of gaming ahead of me. You'll have to tell me if you enjoy Gotham Knights because I heard a lot of bad reviews. So I've kind of hesitated. I'm like, I thought I wanted that game. Maybe not. We'll see. Oh, it sounds like his audio dropped out there. Hope we didn't lose him. Oh, no. I'm, okay. I, oh, no, I'm, I, I'm okay. here. But, you know, as, as we mentioned, I only have a few minutes to spare tonight. Okay. But let this be a preview for the coming year. You know, yes. I am hoping to have free time available uh, throughout 2023. I've got a lot of... Uh, plans coming up for the year and i certainly hope to include time with all of the neverlanders and just be right back here with everyone once my schedule allows me the time to do so yes which would be great so especially it'd be be really cool if we actually could get you to be able to come back to kansas city uh for planet comic-con again this year which by the way Planet Comic Con, both the Friday and Sunday, we will have a panel on each days, and we're going, we're reaching back in the past, and we're going to explore some actual Walt Disney, the man himself, before his company went AWOL. So <laughs> we're going to explore his time in Marceline and in Kansas City. If you happen to be in the Kansas City area at Planet Comic Con, uh, check your local listings, planetcomiccon.com. So, yes. Same bat time, same bat chat. Same, yeah. And it's a, a little bit of a repeat, but we do have some special guests coming down from Marceline that will be joining me for that weekend. So, it's going to oh, be awesome. Wonderful. So, yes. Well, I, uh, I, I will bid adieu at this time, and uh, I will look forward to this year in review when mm-hmm. it shows up on my electronic device of choice. Adieu, <laughs> adieu to you and you and you. Okay, that, it was funny in my book. <laughs> yes, Bye, sound of music references are funny, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it's nice to have seen you again. Well, sort of seen you. You've got a blank image over here on our video, but we hear you. Yay. Oh, oh, oh. I'm, I, 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 r- rumors of my not being here. Well, I have not been here, but I am here. So <laughs> take that as you will. Okay. All right, so now we're still got to toss over to Ben here. You've been playing anything good over the last week or so? Actually, I'm I'm more of a retro gamer. I don't have any of the new systems, and Ooh. so really the only thing I've played in the last week has been uh, jumping back into some uh, Super Mario World. Mm. Um, just enjoying my enjoying the retread, the replay. Yes, um, you know, and recently finished Super Metroid, and ah, yes, yeah. one yeah. of my favorites. That one. Well, and it was just—it was like it was like coming home. Oh it's yeah, like coming to grandma's house. You know, it's mm-hmm. like oh, this is just nice. I like being here. Yep, it's the best the reason to own a Switch and have the online capabilities because you can play all those old classic games. 
Well, and that'd be great if I owned the Switch, but I oh, actually no. have the, I have the one that they did the retro the one that they did that had one? like yeah the classic nice. uh, SNES, um, and then I have a, a Retron um, Five that I play my NES and Sega games, and I only have a couple Game Boy games, but yeah, so, but. Yeah, and I haven't busted out the twenty six hundred in a while. Oh, you still have one. That's my system. Oh, that's my system of choice. Wow. Um, yeah, but I, I I have the Retron seventy seven to play those games because you can plug them into HDMI. Nice. Um, because my old TVs that actually you know take the coaxial or whatever, they just don't exist. They died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so that was that was cool. The the Retron seventy seven is awesome because it's. It's just it's HDMI and there's capabilities of creating safe states and stuff like that, which I mean, you can save your game in Pitfall. And, oh, wow. And go back to that save point and actually finish the game. I haven't done it yet, but <laughs> I didn't even know that you you actually could complete Pitfall until I actually watched a video where somebody showed how you gather every single treasure. It's like 100 treasures yeah. and you actually finish yeah. the game. It's like it can be done. <laughs> Who knew? Well, it was rare for those old games where usually it's just infinite until you die. Yeah. And it's just this nihilistic, like, you're going to die. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And then there's Adventure, who completely blew our minds. We're like, wait a minute, there's a point yep. to this and then it ends? So, yeah. like, I, I know and, people. And Haunted House. Yeah. Uh, people give a lot of flack to E.T., but, you know, if you put the settings right and you shut off the scientists and everybody, E.T., I actually had fun, even though it didn't make sense to go into pits, but it had a good conclusion when you played. I absolutely love et the the 2600 game yeah and unironically love it i mean it is and was a fun game for me i didn't know it was supposed to be awful when i was playing (laughs) it as a kid and so now as an adult it's like what are you guys talking about we played a different game like you played a different game than i played because i enjoyed myself a lot but I can understand the frustration if you don't if you don't know how to, what setting to put on to where the scientists and doctors are turned off so they steal all your parts and stuff if you shut yeah. those off the game becomes a lot more fun but I if think. you have them on and you win it's a lot more of an accomplishment it's well one that's of those, for like, sure oh man I did it I rarely did it but when I did <laughs> it was it was an accomplishment so. the other game that I've heard people give flack about but I absolutely loved it because basically you're just trying to beat your time I guess but I didn't worry about how fast I did it but the Superman Atari 2600 game. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. Because you're Superman. You really can't lose. It's just how long is it going to take you to round up all the baddies, put the bridge back together, change back to Clark, and go to work? That was a mythic game for me. I saw it in the Atari catalog, and I'm like, I want that game. It looks so amazing, and I never saw it until, oh, again, man. as an adult. I, I actually found uh, – I was looking around on eBay. I was like, oh, hey, I need to play that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it – it's not the greatest game for sure, but it's I did enjoy fun, it. Though. It's Superman. Yeah. So, which will be a topic we'll probably be addressing later, by the way. Yes, citizens. Yes. Hey, hey. Oh, indeed. Superpowers Collection. Yes. Uh, and I don't <clears> think <throat> I actually put it on the list of exactly when that happened, but that is something that did happen this year. Uh, and for those of you who can see through my head, I mean, I've. I've been collecting those. Well, not all of those, but yeah, we're definitely going to have to talk. That'll probably be like an honorable mention section because I didn't quite get everything on this list, but we have quite the conducive list. quite a list, yeah. (laughs) It's quite a list, and uh, the unfortunately scary part is a lot of it is people who died. Uh, Do you have the list in front of you, by the way? I I do. I do. Awesome. Oh, good, and I see where you're sitting at. Because I am going, uh, I wish I had a sounder to trigger this, but I'll just edit one in later, and we'll just go, wee. And uh, 
because uh, all every sounder I have programmed, I can only have like four four programmed sounders, so everything else has to be edited in. So those of you watching the video don't get to hear nothing. <laughs> those of you with the audio got to hear whatever bumper I decided to shove in there. <laughs> but let's get this party started. And uh, heck, I, where I even want to start, and this works like really, really well. Now, technically, I believe this was, you know, the 31st where this this actually launched, December 31st. But this was the big kickoff, really, for January 1st of this year. And this is uh, Lost Boy Philip that actually came over to the house. And we we marathoned this all the way up to midnight. Uh, and I don't remember what season. was. If this is the third one. or yeah, I guess we're just a third season for Cobra Kai. Oh, Launched the year with a fantastic season. I think it was the only their third, but you feel like it's been on going on longer. But I mean, we had I mean chosen back and just and uh, he stole the whole show. I mean, <laughs> seriously, this was like the, every season they have. It just keeps getting better, and this one just hit all the right buttons and even made Terry Silver a uh, a worthwhile villain and made some of the stuff in the third Karate Kid movie actually cool again. It it did it it, it was uh, what do you call it retro. It gave me retro love. <laughs> right. I, I when I when I saw that in the theater, Karate Kid Three, it was just okay. It was kind of good, but it was way different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because of the just it just got weirdly. Yeah, the the bad guy is this what multinational conglomerate owner, and <laughs> he's like, <laughs> uh, he's trying to take down a teenager. <laughs> what is this? But, <laughs> but yeah, no this 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 show I have been astounded how good Cobra Kai has been. Oh yeah. And so glad that they brought in Daniel. I was afraid that Daniel was going to be just the jerky bad guy mm-hmm. of things. And, but I feel like they've just done a great job of, of exploring all the characters. Yeah. And, and, and this season was no exception. Yeah. Providing yeah. some redemption for some of the people who had, had mm-hmm. kind of gone astray and came across to Daniel and actually have conversations of how like, you know, my encounter with Daniel actually kind of altered my life, you know, and, and some people in good ways. And then, and Johnny, yeah. he blamed yeah. Daniel for the failures of his life and, you know, until, you know, Johnny kind of has wised up and he's matured and grown so much. So it's, it's nice watching Johnny's story arc as he becomes more mature and more responsible and, you know, Fixing all the all the mistakes that I think he's realized a lot of the things that went wrong with his life were his own doing, but he can fix things and he can make amends and he can change things. Yeah. And so it's fun watching him uh, grow and change. And you know, I like even Daniel is growing and changing and getting back in tune with everything Miyagi had taught him because uh, he seemed like he had gotten a little off the path that first one. Like he's gotten a little bit, you know, an ego mm-hmm. and you know some of his character flaws that he had even in the original movies had kind of come back and. It's nice watching him come around because he, he really made some mistakes with some of his kids, uh, <laughs> so, his son especially. Yeah. And, and and now we just need to see for next season, are they are they going to bring the next Karate Kid? Like, are, uh, Hillary are they going to bring Hillary Swank back? Yeah. Is, she, is she coming? I, I doubt it, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, who knows? They might be able to find a way to make that actually kind of cool again, too. Well, I actually appreciated even seeing Robin Lively back because I got to say, after... Uh, Teen Witch, I think it was. It was on HBO or something. And I remember watching that. Like, I've always had a bit of a fondness for redheads anyway. But, you know, she was cute. So it was, I always liked Robin Lively. It's kind of fun to see her come back. Like, yay, look. 
So. Well, and the way they brought her back, it was one of those things where it just made sense for the, yeah. the characters. It was, you know, there was relationships involved. And and unlike some shows or, or franchises where it feels smaller because they just keep referencing, you know, the places. And the, like Star Wars feels so small sometimes because it's just, oh, the prequels were all about Tatooine, Boba Fett's family. And, you know, like C-3PO <laughs> was made by, and you know, it's just all these different things where it's like, no, we want bigger, get bigger, get mm-hmm. bigger. No, we're going to reference the things you already know and we're going to reference them over and over again. But they, they kind of get away with it here by, I think, just being creative and clever. And yeah, I, I'm excited to see where they go with the next season. Yeah. Uh, Cause now that crease is doing what he's doing and mm-hmm. he he psyched me out i <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thought we were going one way with that character mm-hmm. and then they took it another direction and it's like okay mm-hmm. all right yeah, let's see where we're where's where's this going to take us he's very unpredictable i don't know what to expect out of him so it's really just neat to see it all righty well the next thing that i have here looking at january the 7th sydney <laughs> poitier Passes away at age 94. Uh, he's one of them old school actors that you, I, I don't know if I've necessarily seen any of his movies, but I remember him being honored several times with the Oscars and all other things. Mm. Um, just uh, a tremendous uh, talent from what I have seen. Uh, but I don't know, like I said, I don't know if I've seen a whole lot of his stuff. I've seen clips of Sidney Poitier, but I don't know if I could tell you the specifics of his movies. Yeah, I think the only things, and I, I really want to check and make sure I got these right, but. Um, uh, Mr. Tibbs, they call me Mr. Tibbs, mm-hmm. and uh, in the heat of the night, I think was also, it's also his movie, which I only know about the movie because of the TV show. Yeah, but, but I saw the movie because of the TV show. So, mm-hmm. but ninety-four years old, my goodness, we lost a lot of guys that uh, lived a long time. And next, yeah, January, I have nothing but death coming up here. It is. <laughs> Uh, this was, a, a, in its own weird way, a slightly controversial death. Bob Saget passing away at 65 in a hotel room, having just, and this is where it made it controversial, he had just been, uh, 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 he had done something, I guess, on social media, where he was just saying, hey, yeah, I just completed a, a show here, we're, we're here in blah, 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 town. And he, but he mentioned that he had recently been vaccinated. And with his sudden death like that, it became people were able to call into questions like, see, this is what we're worried about, that there's something wrong with the, with one of these vaccines, if not all of them. We haven't been able to test these out. We don't know if it isn't causing p- bad health conditions. And if you're not dying, somehow is triggered by your vaccination status. So that actually raised a whole lot of questions. And some people would say conspiracy theorists, whatever. But yeah, I remember his death. It was it shook people because it was just sudden. It was unexpected. And we the official story of things were just kind of flaky. It's like, well, we don't know. I mean, he he hit his head and died of a concussion. Was that what they were trying to tell us? I mean, that something was weird with that one. Whatever it was, he was alone in his hotel room. Yeah. And. So it may not have had to have happened if he hadn't been alone. Yeah, so that's the so we don't that's know the unfortunate thing. Yeah. We really don't know. Uh, then Meatloaf on January the twentieth, passing away at seventy four, and uh, you know he would do anything for love, but he wouldn't do that. <laughs> but he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. But uh, he passed away. Now I know he's got had left a heck of a legacy. Uh, I personally was not a huge fan of Meatloaf, but uh, I mean he he is a rock music legend. So. The only other time I've oh, seen and, him and the people who had me sit and watch Rocky Horror Picture Show cursed them for making me watch that <laughs> movie. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, 
He's one of those guys, though, that my one of my music teachers just said, you can you don't have to have the greatest voice. You just have to have the passion. Oh, and yeah. this guy, I mean, he just sang with passion. It was yeah, he just, did. Yeah. Well, I was never a huge fan. <laughs> but, but we have to acknowledge he, he, he left a heck of a legacy and a lot yeah. of fans. Another guy who left a heck of a legacy who maybe didn't get all the uh, appreciation he might have deserved. But Louis Anderson at 68 passed away. <laughs> Uh, yeah, famously known he, as being an overweight comedian. Uh, I, I remember watching there was a television show, reality show where they were uh, I can't they were. They, but his goal was to lose weight by being on there. But it was like these weird athletic competitions. And he would really he lost some weight. He was getting some exercise out swimming and everything. And he was starting to be healthier and he was trying to be healthier. But I just don't think he had, he did enough. But I think the biggest legacy he would have on maybe my generation was a cartoon called Life with Louie, where he voiced yes. himself as a child. <laughs> I, I loved his voice as a child because it was basically just him as an adult. Yeah. Um, you didn't really have to pitch it up that much. But um, the other one was uh, Family Feud. Yes. He hosted Family Feud. Yes, he did. That, that was a um, – I, I can't remember how many hosts they had between him and, and whoever uh, it, the original host was. But uh, I, I enjoyed him. So Yeah. And uh, he, he had a lot of – Appearances. I don't. He never really got to star in his own movie, but he was always maybe some side character and always some comedic bit. Um, trying to think, there was even I think some movie where he was even. It was like a fast food place, and he was another guy who worked in this fad food place, and it might have been coming to America, as far as I remember. I don't know, but he would always pop up uh, throughout the eighties as some side character, and was always just being, you know. He had this kind of style that was just funny where he could be like this depressed fat guy that just said some really funny smart aleck type things. He was he was actually a really really funny guy and it's uh, yeah. he was a loss. Yeah. All right, another big loss for those of us from the eighties. <laughs> Howard Hessman on I know I've got a long list of death. Howard Hessman, yeah. January 29th at age eighty one. Uh, I I will love him best for Johnny Fever on WKRP. Although that's I did love him in the class, go, but yeah, that's where I was wondering which one you were going to go with as far as like. Yeah. And yeah. I loved Head of the Class because of Johnny Fever. Right. Like that was because of Howard Hessman. Oh, hey. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's the only reason I think we started watching it. But then, of course, the girl who played Simone. Like I said, I always had a thing for the redheads in the butt. Simone, red hair. Oh, she was cute. So, <laughs> but I think the main thing I always remember, and this may have, this may have set my course in life. Uh, I remember, like, uh, I, I saw the first episode. And uh, he was telling to like the new program director. Oh no, Mac, Mac? No, I can't think of his name. New program director's coming in, and Johnny Fever's talking about. It's like, yeah, I used to work at this radio station, but I got fired because I said booger. So when he gets <laughs> the new format and they're becoming a rock station, he goes, "Oh, by the way, booger." Yeah. Uh, but somewhere that appealed to me, and throughout my childhood, I was recording my own quote unquote radio shows on cassette tape. And uh, which led me to eventually podcasting, which got me involved in radio, which that's transferred to now I work in television. But I am, uh, uh, well, I don't know if I should say anything, but I am actually, there's something that came up that I don't know if it's going to change the course of things this year, but I might be back in radio. I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Right now, if I'm going to continue just working in television, I'll stay here. But that's kind of what got me going is... You know, I wanted to be Johnny Fever, man. <laughs> so that was the whole thing. And heck, you can, and the main thing with WKRP is that is the the eighties phenomenon that was Lonnie Anderson, and uh, and of course her and Burt Reynolds. That's they, they were like the eighties couple, I think. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Howard Hessman, and I I can't think of there's anything else really. I mean, he popped up I think a few movies, 
has some side characters, but the main things has got to be WKRP and then head of the class. And I don't remember if he left head of the class because he was going to go do movies, and then they brought in, uh, oh, the one. The, the Scottish actor. The, yeah, the Scottish guy, which I thought he was really funny on head of the class. Then I watched his stand-up, and oh, wow, I thought Bob Saget's stand-up was apparently bad, but this guy was <laughs> filthy. I was like, okay, I'm not watching this any guy anymore. Uh, yikes. I can't remember. I can't remember his name, though. Yep, I can't think of it either. I can picture oh. him. I can hear him. And he's still alive, I think. But, yep, darned if I can think of his name. He was in the, the second X-Files movie as the kind of the bad guy. I should probably Billy, at some point Billy in my life watch X-Files. Billy Connolly. <laughs> Billy Connolly. Is Billy Isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should check. Yeah. Because well, it's, it's, it's easy to get confused but... with, um, you know, I guess it's Bill Campbell was the Rocketeer, right? Yeah. And then it was it's an Billy episode. Connolly. Yeah. 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 There we go. Sir, oh, Sir William Connolly. Oh, hey. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Somebody served him. Let's see. What is this? I, all right. So I've got my the first thing I've got listed for February. I got February eighteenth. Severance streaming. Severance. Yeah. That I, that's one that I added. Oh, okay. I was about to say uh, I have no idea what was, that is. <laughs> that was an Apple TV uh, original. That is an amazing show. Uh, it's kind of a sci-fi show that reminds me of seventies science fiction, kind of pre-Star Wars. Where it's you know THX 1138 maybe would be everybody's wearing but, tights. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It's it's kind of <laughs> classic looking pr- present day retro kind of clothing. But it's all about people who they live in the real world and they go to their office and they get on the elevator. And when the elevator opens, they don't remember their life in the real world. They remember their life in the office and they do their job. And they then when they get back on the elevator, they do not remember their job when they go back home. And so it is fascinating. Mm. And I don't know where the show is going, but um, it's all about like uh, identity. And there's definitely a a workplace uh, metaphor going on as far as, you know, when you get to when you're you are you who you are when you're at work? Are you who you are when you're at home? Do they come together? Um, and, you know, how much of yourself do you leave behind? How much do you, you know, take with you? And, um, you know, the main character has his reasons for not wanting to spend as much time in the real world. And so, like, if he can go to work and spend eight or nine hours not being himself and not remembering some of the bad stuff, it's it's a fascinating show. Fascinating yeah. show. That sounds interesting and kind of scary because, like, why is it they're not allowed to remember stuff? Well, for the main character, it was by choice, you know, and but then they so the main character knows why he chose to do this. But when he goes to the office and he's doing things in the office, they don't even really know what their job is. Oh, my goodness. And they don't know why they're there. They just know that they can't remember the outside world. And so you have the same character is is basically two different characters trying to solve, you know, two different problems. So the real world guy, he has real world problems that he can escape by going into, you know, and not existing as, as a person, uh, for eight hours. But the, that workplace guy, like they have rules and, and procedures where they're not allowed to, you know, explore things and talk about things. Mm. Um, and you know, they have little, uh, traditions and things that just belong there in the workplace. Um, but of course some of them get curious 
and they have a mystery that they want to solve, you know? And so sounds like an episode it's, of the Twilight Zone extended into a series. Seriously. It really is. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Ooh, so, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. And that's on Apple. I think I have access to Apple. I think because of my phone account. I think I yeah, have to check I this dropped, out. I dropped it, but I'm going to pick it back up when um, either Severance Season 2 or Foundation Season 2 starts up. Hmm. Oh, there is one thing I had almost forgotten about that I'm going to bring up for like a January thing, but I don't know when this happened. Stadia brought, came to an end. Google attempting to make a console streaming system of games, and it <laughs> failed. <laughs> that, that's significant because that's also at some point this year we've also had the Steam Deck that uh, managed to launch and apparently is now more readily available. And if I were to get one, I want to be able to hook it up to a TV so I can actually play all these games I bought on Steam, but I don't play on PC. I'm a console guy, but I just I just remembered I was watching some stuff on some recap in the year trying to make sure I had everything I could think of in here. All right, but I'm going to move on. More death. <laughs> February 22nd. The amazing Jonathan at age 63. I don't know how you explain. I don't know what that is. It's hard to explain him. He was part magician, mainly comedian, but he did, you know, he had this weird look, frantic look about him, but he would do what would basically essentially be a magic trick, but he would, it would almost be, and this inspired actually some of the clown work I used to do over at uh, my old church where it looks like you're completely failing the trick, but you're just setting everybody up for what the real trick is. But it's actually, it's, the trick is the joke. And he frequently would get somebody up to help him, and you didn't know what horrible thing he would almost seem to do to you when he brought it up. You'd have to almost have a little bit of a dark sense of humor. Uh, especially, I mean, at one point, he had uh, like a fake knife thing that he made it look like he was cutting into his arm, and it had like blood, you know, fake blood falling out. And then he just pulls it out. Oh, come on, it's fake. Come on, all you people screaming. You know, he had the weird, <laughs> twisted, funny sense of humor, and occasionally he'd pop up as small characters in a lot of de- comedic movies. He had a really crazy, f- frantic way about him and sense of humor. Uh, I mean, he'd work up a sweat within five minutes. A uh, little bit of a prop, com- prop comic, but his props were usually in some way a magic trick. But he was he made magic tricks that were funny. Uh, so uh, he was one of the ones that you have to kind of look him up for the weird zany stuff. I mean, he was he's really almost hard to explain, but I think I explained it pretty well. Yeah, I, I had not heard of him. So. <laughs> the amazing Jonathan. I'm oh, yes. I'm intrigued. He's one of those guys like Mitch Hedberg. Either you knew who he was and you thought, oh, that guy was hilarious. <laughs> or you're like, who's that? So. All right. Next thing on the list is something I didn't expect I was going to enjoy because I saw the early pictures of Robert Pattinson as a scrawny looking Batman. And I was like, <laughs> all right, well, I'm going to go. And it's like, yeah, we needed to reboot the Batman for the fifth time. But the Batman was released March 3rd of this year. And I said, okay, I'm going to go for it. Three hours of Batman. And holy cats, that was that, wow, that was engrossing. I was just drawn yeah. into the story. Uh, it was one of the best written Batman films that kept the concept of mystery, uh, but yet giving us giving us finally a penguin that behaved. I mean, Danny DeVito was great for casting for a penguin, but he didn't. He wasn't quite the penguin. But uh, my goodness, uh, Colin Farrell under a gob of makeup, what really brought us a real penguin. Uh, I was completely blown away, and I loved the story arc where you have. A guy who starts out, I am vengeance, that by the end learns that he needs to be more than vengeance. He can be a a hero and he can set an example. And almost to a point where I I almost teared up during a moment of the end where he's shining a light and leading people to safety. 
that hit me right here, really hard, right in the heart, man. I was it like, really oh. did. It was, it was one of those things where I'm like, they skirted the line of super cheesy. Like it could have been super cheesy, but at this, uh, it really worked. It was a visual metaphor for what he was changing into, which is bringing yeah. people out of the darkness into the light. Because um, that's the other thing is they came out into you know the the morning uh, in Gotham mm-hmm. and. Th- it just, yeah, I I was really surprised how good it was. I was expecting it to be kind of good because word of mouth was getting around that it was a pretty pretty decent film, but I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. Yeah. And, and that's yeah, one I, of the, I enjoyed it. One of those movies when it when it started streaming on HBO Max that I snuck it on to my wife I was like, well, I'm going to sit and watch this. My wife was like, oh, I really don't care. But then she got sucked into it, <laughs> and I said, I told you this was really good. So and even giving even though we got a Riddler that was a little weird looking at you know, the look of it. But the the actor, uh, and I can't think of the actor's name, who played him to perfection and really, I you know, gave us real puzzles uh, that were mysterious. And when we saw him out of the his you know garbage bag or green tape, whatever he was wearing, and saw his face, we saw there's the Riddler we know, c- completely yeah. coming out of like oh, uh, and it, uh, wow, he was he was so great. Now the only thing I hope they fix is the Joker, because when they released that deleted scene, I was like, "Oh no, 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 no! Please, please try again, try again." So, but my goodness, we finally got a Riddler who was a little bit scary, because uh, I, you know, I had envisioned at some point maybe they could do a Riddler who, uh, and I like in the Arkham games where he makes traps that, well, if you're not smart enough to solve this and get out of this trap, well, you don't deserve to live. And I was expecting to maybe see something like that, but they went deeper where you had like an overall riddle and yet had all these little riddler, riddles along the way. Oh, my goodness. It was puzzle on top of puzzle and he was just befuddling your mind. Oh, it was. Oh, I can't wait to see what they do next. I'm curious where they're going to go. I mean, there's on one hand, if it's if this is all that they did, then that's great because they aren't going to mess it up. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh I, I am curious. Uh, there's the whole uh, apparently there's going to be some sort of well I don't know now with discovery what's happening but there was development of a penguin uh, streaming series yeah. and I'm I don't know and something with Arkham Asylum in that but even so we'll yeah, see what I, happens. It, it was good. It was good. Yep. The next one I have on here another celebrity death on March the fourth Mitchell Ryan at 88. Uh, it's, you probably would have to go and look him up to when you look at him and say, oh, him. Uh, he was yeah. on Star Trek, The Next Generation, The Golden Girls, and a, a cult favorite, including Hot Shots Part Due. He also played retired general turned heroin smuggler Peter McAllister in 1987's Lethal Weapon, memorably exiting the film in a massive explosion in an overturned car. And I think I have even more notes, but I have a comma there. It's, <laughs> I couldn't fit the whole thing uh, into one uh, thing. Yeah, let's see here. Did I have more notes? Stretch it out, stretch it out. See, I put all my notes on an Excel spreadsheet type of thing uh, on Google, y'all. So uh, not everything. Oh, and, and, and sliding by. Whoop. And I went too far. Are you having any more luck than I am of looking at the entire? Maybe if I get on here, I can. Let's try this. And oh, and starred as Greg's eccentric boozy father on Darwin Greg, liar liar as the boss, 
judging by his familiar voice. So, yeah, that's a familiar face, I mean. So, yeah, when I looked at his face, I was like, oh, him! And it's like, wasn't he also in Liar, Liar, is the Boss? But I didn't actually look that up. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he was in Liar, Liar. Okay, I, I gotta get my thing. Yeah, he was. Thing. Yeah, that was him. I love a good roast! Because he is the one I was thinking of when I was seeing on the, the Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy! And he's one of the ones well, where... You don't know his name, but you see his face, and you're like, "Oh, that one! I know him." And that's how, that's really the only only way I I see him is um, I'm looking at all of his credits here, and I'm just like, I don't remember any of yeah. him in any of these things except for Riker's dad in in Next Generation. Yep, yep. He was he he was just good in everything he did, but he was never really a big star, as far as I know. Anyway, there might have been something when he was younger. Who knows? Next, I have Emilio Delgado, 81 years old, passing away on March the 10th, known as Luis on Sesame Street. Delgado mm. originally ran on the Fix-It shop with Raul Julia, who joined the cast the same year he did, although Julia departed the show in 1972. And Raul Julia, of course, we all know him for, famously, I think uh, the favorite thing of him was his version of Gomez Adams in the Adams Family films of the 90s. I loved him in those. So I think there's some other stuff I'd seen him in before that, but he was just such a great Gomez Adams. But yes, Emilio <laughs> Delgado, Luis. Um, yeah. And this was, uh, well, because we've got another Sesame Street death coming up, which I'm sure most mm-hmm. of you know, because uh, we, we talked about that one as well. But uh, I think this is also the year that uh, the lady who played Maria didn't, was the, this year she finally retired from the show or was it last year? Maybe, there, maybe that was last year. Well, that was kind of yeah, a thing. I haven't, I haven't really been following Sesame Street news. For <laughs> yeah, I, not either. But you know, uh, for, for people, I remember when I was feed. in the 80s. I, yeah, but no, I and Luis, I again, this is going way back. But you know, that was my that was my childhood right there. Oh yeah. And yep, watching spent Sesame time Street. with them on that street. Yep. Yeah, watching that at noon, and then the Electric Company would come on and scare me to death by yelling at me. Hey! I didn't like being yelled at by the TV, so I, you know, it wasn't until later in school we started watching Electric Company that I realized Electric Company was cool and had a Spider-Man segment, so. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing on the list, March 11th, Pixar's Turning Red release, and I finally learned that Pixar could disappoint me and make a bad movie. <laughs> I haven't seen this yet, so. Don't bother. I know it's on uh, Disney Plus, but I just haven't gotten around to it. So. And I was excited for it because I, I was generally, and I was even saying, building up there's Pixar. As I've always, even movies that Pixar, that people said, oh, I didn't really like this Pixar movie. I was like, I liked it. Like Cars 2. I liked it. Uh, the Last Dinosaur. I liked it. You know, I had never been disappointed by a Pixar movie. And then I watched this and I said, I was excited for this. <laughs> what happened? This would not be the first time Pixar would disappoint me this year. <laughs> All right, next, this here's another celebrity death, and this one gets you right in the yeah. feels. Uh, this this was part of my childhood. Ivan Reitman passes away at 75 on March the 12th. Director of Stripes, Ghostbusters, Twins, Ghostbusters 2, Kindergarten Cop, Beethoven, Junior, and Space Jam. Now, I've seen most of these movies. I, I guess I didn't, I don't think I saw Junior. Uh, Space Jam, though, I don't oh, think I responded. Is that the Robin Williams one? Uh, junior was Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. Oh, Okay. So I didn't see that one. He he worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger quite a bit here. Um, Space Jam, I don't think I uh, responded to it as much as some other people do. I know people are huge fans of Space Jam. I thought it was okay. But uh, I I know I wasn't a huge Space Jam fan, but that movie just really launched. So, but yes, Ivan Reitman, I mean, all I got to do really say Space Jam was 96. I was in college for Space Jam, so. I was in community college. (laughs) (laughs) It was it was almost college. 
So, yeah, and it took me 10 years to finish my community college associate's degree. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. All right, so now here's one. Oh, this was kind of a, a sneak up on you. Another great actor who actually had a surprise, because, I mean, honestly, in the original Hulk movie, I really loved um, that actor who played General Ross, and now I've lost his name. But every time I see him, I want beef, because that's what's for dinner. Uh, but William Hurt, and yeah. I didn't, I didn't see his age anywhere. Uh, but when he passed away, March thirteenth. Uh, but we're, I'm going to mention mainly here, Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was Secretary of State Thaddeus Ross, but we did see him as General Ross in the Incredible Hulk movie. Uh, that uh, was the second uh, Marvel film, which unfortunately we haven't gotten any more Hulk movies. And I don't think so we're going to get any. He was 72. 72. My 72. goodness. And, yeah, I mean, this guy was in so many things, though. So like, much. I. Um, he's an AI. That's when I remember him in Lost in Space. Mm, obviously, yeah. Incredible Hulk in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, he was even, he was even in Black Widow, uh, playing Ross. Oh yeah, and he was. So he he played Ross in a few different films. Yeah. And yeah. So he just he he's one of those that it's not like I was a fan of him, but I liked him. Whenever yeah. he showed up, you knew okay he's he's going to be good. Yep. Yep. He's a working actor who's doing a lot of. Actor jobs. Yes, he did. I think he's uh, got a couple Oscars for his work as well. Pretty sure he did anyway. <laughs> okay, here's something I got kind of excited for and then was disappointed once again. March 24th, the Halo series premiered. I, I think I got at least through three episodes before I was like, what are they doing? And I haven't even played a whole lot of the Halo games. I mean, I've played mainly the first two, uh, but I, I switched from Xbox over to PlayStation again. Uh, but, uh, I mean, the first episode had a kind of a cool scene uh, there when you, you got to see the, the, um, um, what, the well, Space Marines, whatever, <laughs> fighting some mm-hmm. Covenant aliens. But it took a weird left turn when Master Chief took his helmet off, and we'd never seen that before, which I thought, well, that you can probably get around that. But it, it made... Um, it made the heroes of the game franchise into kind of villains. And they just decided to go their own way. And then when you start reading up on the people who were doing the show or people that had heard of the games and knew some of the stuff about it, but didn't even bother to look at the story of the games or even play any of them before working on a series based off of them. And all the fans of the games like, what is this? So we waited this long for something, and this is what you give us. And it, it was a crash. Except for people who didn't play the games, <laughs> and I really enjoyed this series. Oh, wow. See? Um, my, my son and I, this was appointment television for us. We just, uh, I think after the second or third episode had come out, I was like, I was home alone with my son. The rest of the family was gone. As we're looking for something to do. Was like, ah, here's this. You want to watch it? So we turned it on, watched it, and like, hey, this is really good. Let's watch the next one. And yeah, we really enjoyed it. And I had no context because I have played Halo exactly one time. <laughs> it was the original Halo. It was, I want to say, 23, 24 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was early in my marriage. I was at a comic convention staying at a friend's house, and he's like, hey, you want to play Halo? <laughs> sure. And so I, I remember playing it and enjoying it, but I don't remember anything about the the world other than I know it's based on that kind of ring world style yeah. of, of thing. Uh, and so I was waiting for the halo to appear in the show, but it um, didn't, they never well, got it, there. It, it does, okay. but it's, it's a long time to get there. <laughs> so, and they don't really like, for me, I don't know what, what it is other than the visual from like 
game art that I've seen, you know, just because I'm a, a human being with eyeballs <laughs> who goes into geeky places. Um, and so I, I don't know the context of anything with that. And so I didn't know what I was waiting for to get there, but, um, really enjoyed, enjoyed watching it. I, it was for me and my son, just a fun sci-fi show with, with some mystery. And, uh, I was, I've been very curious to actually talk to some people who actually played the games <laughs> and are upset about the lore. Cause I don't know what, <laughs> what is there about the lore that I'm to be upset about? Um, but for me, just don't play the games and ruin it for yourself. If you had fun <laughs> watching it, then just keep keep exactly, enjoying it. Yeah. That's you found the so, way to enjoy it. It's just not know anything about it and just come in and take it all as however they present it. Yeah, and and I don't know. There how were it some cool it. scenes, but it's like the st- the story was like something is not right here. I was like, did I miss something? Did something happen in a later game that really justifies what they've done to the characters and? I tried to ask around, and all the people who are like the diehards were like, no, they've completely turned it upside down and wrecked everything. And I was like, okay, I guess I can get that. But I was like, all right, I guess I'll, I'll just kind of leave this one because I've been kind of perplexed and like, what's going on? What'd they do? I don't know. This doesn't this doesn't feel like Halo. It just seems like a, you know, it had, like I said, it had some cool stuff. Um, but yeah, I was, it's hard to tell where they were going with some stuff. And they had more nudity than I really wanted. <laughs> yeah. Well, and... and- the whole thing of where is it going? That's the that's the one problem with streaming for me is you never know. I hate that streaming always ends with a cliffhanger because it, it might not come back. Yeah, or it might be a couple of years before it comes back. I mean, that's right. the case with um, with Foundation, with uh, Severance, both of those that I talked about before. Um, you know, you have a number of these Marvel shows that end with that basically end, and then they do a post credit. <laughs> and it's like a cliffhanger there and it's okay. I kind of got an ending, but now you're teasing something that yeah. may never happen because you only have so much time. Yeah. And then they say, Oh, well that wasn't going to be a new series. That was just a one shot little mini series. What? But I really oh, liked which is, it. Which is, <laughs> which is coming up, but yeah. <sighs> yeah, yeah, we got, we got quite a few things coming up. Yes. So yeah. the next thing on the list, March 25th, uh, the death of Taylor Hawkins at age, 50 Foo Fighters drummer and uh, uh, well I guess well I've got a slash there for the next thing to talk about but uh, Foo Fighters drummer he wasn't the original drummer of the Foo Fighters uh, but he was there for the longest now mainly Foo Fighters the only thing I you know I paid attention I I got their first two albums and they did some good music after that but I've slowly moved my way out of where I listen to less and less secular music so I really didn't pay attention but I gotta say the color and the shape their second album was a phenomenal. Uh, album. I mean, musically, it's, it's just it was a great album. It was just good stuff. Uh, and I think that's about the time that he he uh, had come into the band. I think he uh, during that was it. No, I don't know. I can't remember if he played on that album or not. I don't think he played on it. But I think maybe during the tour. Somebody's probably going to correct me on this, but I think he came along later by the time the third album came out. But I think somebody else actually played drums on that album. I'd have to look it up though, but I remember a lot of people really, you know, that, that affected a lot of people. There's a lot of fans of the Foo Fighters, um, and apparently part of his problem I think might have been drugs or alcohol, which is kind of typical in that rock and roll lifestyle. It happens. So let this be a warning to any of you uh, who uh, aspire to play music: don't get involved in that stuff. It will kill you. We we can't all be like the one guy from the Rolling Stones that Keith Richards, who just get, cannot be killed by conventional means. <laughs> yeah. Just don't do it, kids. Don't do it. Okay, well, I guess, oh, the next thing on there. Now, unfortunately, I have not seen this, but I've heard about it everywhere. 
Everything, everywhere, all at once. That was the day it was released. Did you get a chance to see this thing? I did, yeah, yeah. And and I enjoyed myself quite a bit. There, it, there's not there's content for sure. Um, not the nudity kind of content, but there is some some stuff in it that I mean, I definitely hesitate before showing to you know young young children. <laughs> I wouldn't hesitate with young children. I would just be like, no, but <laughs> right. with younger viewers, you know. Um, so there's some content things, but it is phenomenal as far as storytelling goes. It gets weird, um, but it's it's the right kind of weird. It's independent film weird. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's 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 uh, it's not um, it's not a conventional movie. It's it's it's, it's definitely not a, a you know Marvel. You know Marvel did the multiverse with Doctor Strange, which yeah. was it was fun. You know yeah. they, they did I some had fun, fun things with that. With that. We'll yeah. be talking about but, that movie later, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, the this just kind of goes in some really weird places and really plays with the multiverse and string theory and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I like that actress anyway, uh, from the first time I saw her in, uh, tomorrow never dies. She was a bond girl. And then crouching tiger, hidden dragon, a fantastic movie. Uh, but so I, I was, I've been meaning to check it out, but it's just, I, I have not had an opportunity where I saw it somewhere that I could watch it. So, cause I didn't want to buy it on voodoo or anything without having seen it first. Yeah, and I don't know where it's streaming. Yeah, I don't think it is yet. Maybe it is, and I just don't know. Yeah. But as soon as it is, I, I do plan to check it out because I've heard so many good things about it that I'm like, okay, I gotta I can sit and watch this, see what's going on with this movie. So, but that's yeah. why I've included it on the list because it did definitely make a cultural impact. I'm just kind of behind behind somewhere. And this is one of those movies where I went. If I go to the theater, I, if it's a Marvel movie, typically I take my kids. If it's not. I go by myself, but I, it has to be something to justify making the trip. I live 30 minutes away from any good theater. <laughs> um, I have, I have a local theater that's a five minute walk, but they will own It's one, one movie every weekend and you know, it's hit or miss if it's something I'm even interested in. Yeah. And so if, you know, like avatar, I haven't seen that yet. And that's not playing at my local theater. That's a five minute walk because it's a three hour movie and it's not a kids movie, you mm, know, and so they're yeah. they're looking for shorter films. And generally speaking, they're looking for something that's going to bring in younger audiences. Yeah. And so I don't know when I'm going to get to see that. But and so we'll, be, we'll be getting into that one later. Spoiler for when we get to that one. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it has to be brought up. But, yeah, that'll be that'll be an interesting thing there, too. Uh, when we get there. Trust me. <laughs> so the next thing, speaking of a Marvel series, on March 29th, that's the premiere of Moon Knight, which I was definitely looking forward to. And I, I had a heck of a fun time watching that. That was just a weird, wild ride. And, yeah. uh, and I'm only vaguely familiar with the character of Moon Knight. I, I think I have a few comics with him in it. I don't know if I have directly Moon Knight comics, but I have where he's shown up and teamed up. But uh, I, I, I hadn't realized how kind of a weird, crazy Casey was until uh, a Spider-Man game. Uh, what was it? Web of Shadows, where Moon Knight is one of your uh, basically quest givers, and you get to oh, interact okay. with Moon Knight in that game. So I wasn't hugely familiar with the character, so I did a little bit of research as we were covering it on the podcast. But watching that one, I was like, "This is so bizarre and wild that I just had fun. I thought it was great. I had a great time watching that weird show." Yeah, and what what was interesting and one of the good things, I think, one of the positive things about it was. It's its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you are not following all the Marvel stuff, if you haven't seen any of the Disney Plus shows, if you haven't seen any of them, you, you could watch this show without seeing anything Marvel and and still enjoy it if it's your kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like if 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 
yeah, if you like the superhero, if you like the dark, if you like the the mystery mm-hmm. box kind of things, like if you like Indiana it, Jones movies, yeah, yeah. I mean, they definitely reference it with uh, not just architecture, you know, as they're doing arch- archaeology, but with uh, music cues. Even like yeah. there, there's some definite like moments where you're like, oh, I hear what they're doing there. <laughs> yeah. So and Oscar yeah. Isaac, I mean, uh, he's. Mm-hmm. You, if you didn't think he was amazing in uh, in those Star Wars sequels, because they're not amazing movies, but he was really good in his parts. But getting letting him take a lead role in this and have him essentially playing two different people was amazing. He was so good at it, and he's just so watchable that I mean, such a great casting for him uh, in the lead role. I really enjoyed watching him as both personalities. Uh, and then we started to find out the third personality is in there too. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm looking and forward that's what to what I was happens. talking about. Yeah. Is cliffhanger that is it going to get? Are we going to get another season? Well, they never said anything about yeah. another season of Moon Knight. We better. They, get they one. haven't even said anything about him appearing in anything else. Like it's. <sighs> They better do something because I'm I'm all the way that wrapped around. I was like, oh wait, more, yeah. more, please. What's happening next? Yeah. You know. So yeah. Hopefully we're going to get something, something with that. All right. Another movie that also I was super excited for on March the 8th. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, we're wait, in wait, April. Wait. March the 1st. We need March. Wait April a minute. 1st. I backed up. I whoop, Wrong. Wrong. Yeah. I, I just, I was talking March and then I, I forgot I moved around. April the 2nd. Oh no. April 1st. Sorry. I was looking at the wrong lines or numbers. Morbius was released. I haven't Morbius. watched it yet, but I have seen it is available on some streaming service. I can't remember where it was, but I was like, okay, I'll check it out. I didn't hear anybody liking it so much. A few people maybe, but I'm kind of curious because you know when they when they had in the background a poster of a Tobey Maguire Spider Man, I was like, okay, let me check it out. Uh, and I'm I'm at least kind of familiar with Morbius in the comics, but. And Jared Leto, sometimes, you know, he's a really good actor. And sometimes he gets to play the Joker. Sometimes he gets to play uh, the villain in Blade Runner 2049, was it? And he was, you know, a really interesting character. He's a great actor. So I was kind of curious what they were going to do with this. But I haven't heard a lot of good stuff about it. But I thought, okay, well, it's free. Let me check it out. It's If it's free, watch it. You <laughs> yeah. know, like it's... Uh, it, it's not great. It's not groundbreaking. But it's not the end of the world you know it's they didn't ruin your childhood by, by making <laughs> this movie uh but you i'll say this though pretty much everything they do in that movie you've seen before somewhere uh-huh. <laughs> so figures but i'm only really familiar with uh the maximum carnage uh storyline morbius was played a role and in, in teaming with spider-man which is a really good, uh, you know, for those of you who might be familiar with the you know, the old Super Nintendo or Sega game of Maximum Carnage, it's actually was a really good comic series, which I I painstakingly collected every issue of that because you mm-hmm. really it really tests to see how far is Spider Man who's who's Spider Man willing to team up with, how far is he willing to go to stop a maniac like Carnage and his crew from massacring everybody in New York City. It's like at what at what point is he going to draw the line between how far he's willing to go of actually having to kill somebody to stop a rampage. And it's it really, yeah, it's really, really good. If you've never read that comic series, I uh, try to track it down. I don't know if they ever collected it as a paperback. I bet they did. I'm sure they have. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere, yeah. I guess, yeah. I'm a huge Spider-Man well, junkie anyway, so I just enjoyed that storyline. And and honestly, it, it's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now because of the multiverse stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's a confusing part of the, the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe because of the multiverse stuff going on. But yeah. that, I mean, we—that's one of those. We we have a gimmick on uh, Welcome to Level Seven, the the Marvel podcast that I do. It's is it MCU? It's and we have a sound <laughs> honor that we play, and it's like, is it MCU? Everyone's favorite game show. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, well, yeah, everything kind of is because <laughs> they they got the multiverse now. So. Yeah. Yeah, and and this one, yep, it it is as part of the Marvel multiverse, cinematic multiverse. But, yep. um, yeah, you've you've seen the mad scientist stuff before. You've seen the scientists experimenting on themselves. You've seen the the vampire dealing with, you know, oh, I don't want to kill people, but yeah, you, you've seen a lot of it before. Yeah, um, just maybe not all together in one place. <laughs> Yeah, and I, 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 the only other place I'm familiar with Morbius is in the Spider-Man animated series from the '90s. Uh, they, but they, they came up with a completely different origin for him. Uh, but it, he was very interesting uh, because they did it uh, during the what they called the Neogenic Nightmare uh, storyline in season two, where uh, the the same thing that it basically they came up with a slightly different way for Peter Parker to have become Spider-Man with this Neogenic recombinator that had helped create the lizard, radiated the spider that bit Peter, and then and now was used by Michael Morbius that turned him into this bat monster thing. And so you have, while Peter Parker is mutating further and having a mutation, which eventually would see him grow those, you know, those, you know, four extra arms. He's also dealing with the fact that he's trying to help Michael Morbius, uh, to try to figure out what happened to us. We turn him to normal. And then eventually blade shows up in that storyline thinking, well, here, there's a, there's a uh, vampire running around for me to kill. And Spider-Man like, no, you can't kill him. He's a regular guy. He's not, I don't know what kind of vampires you're used to, but he was created by a machine. And then blades like, there's a machine that creates vampires. I must destroy it. No, don't destroy it. That's the only thing keeping me from turning into a spider monster. And yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, cre- series. create, Create conflict between your heroes. And yes. Let them fight each other. So. That's where I first heard of Blade before the Wesley Snipes movies and stuff, too, that was in that Spider Man <laughs> animated series when he showed up there. So, all righty. But next movie on the list, uh, and I, I was so super excited for this one. Uh, and it's not that I've played a lot of the games, but I loved the first one. April the 8th, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was released to theaters, and I was not disappointed. I had a ball. At this movie, I, I love the fact that these are two movies that say, hey, this is a goofy little blue hedgehog from a video game. Let's just have some fun with it. And they went all out and just had a lot of fun. And I I had a lot of fun watching it. It was so much fun. I love those movies. Yeah. And this was one where more of the the scenes felt like, oh, this is them taking the the game and translating it into a live action. movie. Yeah. Like there's there's some action set pieces where it's, uh, oh, We've got Dr. Robotnik doing a giant robot thing yeah. that he's piloting at the end. Like this is this feels like a game. Yeah, um, it doesn't it didn't look necessarily perfect as far as like translation of the different worlds and stuff, but it, it fit perfectly. And um, there's there's a couple side scenes where you're like, why are we spending time here without Sonic? But, <laughs> you know, it was still funny. My, my son, my, my younger son really enjoyed it. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I and I, I enjoyed taking him. So. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to what they do with the next. Even though I'm not familiar with a lot of these side characters, they can keep introducing because I didn't really watch any of the cartoons, and I only played the first two Sonic games, uh, and then we moved on from Sega Genesis to my PlayStation. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't playing any of the other stuff. So, but ah, uh, loving the movies. All right, next thing I got another death. April the twelfth, Gilbert Gottfried passes away at sixty-seven. Uh 
as far as a comedian, funny guy, a uh, bit filthy, but uh, we're always going to love him for Iago. And even, heck, he was, his time on Night Court, he was really funny. But always for that distinct voice that he would do. Yep. Uh, it's the voice. It's for the sure. voice, which I, I've seen stuff where he would talk normal and you're like, that's him? <laughs> it, it's sort of like Bobcat Goldwaith. You, you, when you hear him uh-huh. talk in his normal voice, it's it's shocking, and then because you're so used, hey, you know, for Bobcat Goldwaith and Gilbert Godfrey, that, vo- but he was so perfect to play a parrot as Iago in Aladdin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so I will always love him for that. Uh, and it was a sad, tragic loss. I've even he's got a podcast he ran for a while, which he actually had some pretty interesting guests. But uh, uh, he's got a few filthy jokes he squeezed in there, so don't let your kids listen to his podcast. Um, but he there was some interesting bits on his podcast. I decided to check out after he passed away because I heard it. Oh, he he got to talk to that person. Oh, let me listen. So I checked out a couple episodes. But yeah, he was not kid friendly. But uh, you can let him uh, watch Aladdin for Yago. All right, moving on to a mixed review type of film, April the 14th, the third of the Fantastic Beast series, The Secrets of Dumbledore, which I watched once and I actually liked it. I heard the criticisms later and it's one of those movies like I'm, I am I see it's available to stream and I could watch it a second time and I could have bought it. I've bought the other two. Uh, but this one, I was like, what if I watch it this, this, this next time? And I'm like, yeah, this one really wasn't that good. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. I, I've. My kids are Harry Potter fans. They've they've read all the books, watched all the movies with me. Um, But we actually just haven't watched the Fantastic Beasts movies. And I bought them specifically so we could have some movie nights together. And then just they weren't interested. They wanted Mm. to do other things. So. Yeah, it's it's the thing you're going into it is you have to say, all right, this is in the Wizarding World. And this has absolutely nothing to do with Harry Potter. This is a completely different character. And you got just got to get used to new characters and you know, what is life actually like in the Wizarding World outside of going to school? Although we did, did get to visit Hogwarts a couple of times uh, in these films. But uh, so that's what I like. It's like getting to see, well, what is it like when you're a wizard in the real world? What are you, how you do it? What are you doing for a living? How does everyday life work when you're, you know, not hiding the school, but mm. you're just hiding maybe where your stores are, where you hang out at? So uh, I, I actually enjoyed these. Um, and I'm, like I said, I'm afraid to watch the third one. It's kind of like, um, because the first Independence Day, saw it in the theater, saw, hey, well, that was fun. Watched it on video. Uh, that's not a very good movie. So then Independence Day Resurgence, I went to the theater, said, well, that was kind of fun. But I, I was like, I won't watch it again, though, because I bet the second time was going to be like, this is garbage. So I thought, all right, everybody kind of at that movie. And I kind of had fun. So I'm like, maybe if I watch it a second time, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. So maybe I don't. Got to be careful. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like the Last Jedi. I convinced myself the last Last Jedi wasn't that bad, but the more I watched it, I was like, no, this is that bad. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. And that's the with the third and the in the sequel movies. I was like, I had fun watching this third movie, but when I heard some people like, um, you know, uh, the hyperspace jumping, that shouldn't work. And when I started hearing, listen to the criticism, I was like, yeah, you're kind of right about some of the things that were wrong with that movie. So I'm like, I better not watch that third Star Wars sequel again, because that's when I'm going to be like, yeah, this one was bad, too. So <laughs> some movies you watch once, you have fun the first time, like, OK, I'm not going to ruin it by watching the yeah. second time. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to the next, uh, we have on April the 15th, Liz Sheridan at 93, dated Mrs. James Dean, Mrs. Ockmonic. From Alf, that's. I think there was a lot of other things that they they mentioned she had done, but that was the biggest one for for us, the children of the. This 80s. is how I know her for yep. sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 
Yep. Especially with she, her being the nosy neighbor in like the very first episode of Alf where he freaks her out and like uh, when Willie says like, don't look out the window, Ms. Monica is really nosy across the street and Alf is like dancing in the window. Woo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, and she was the only other person that ever saw Alf that he didn't eventually make friends with uh, because he had to do this weird thing to convince her that, okay, there's things in this world you're not supposed to under- understand. Why are you wearing that thing on your head? That's one of those things you're not supposed to understand because Alf tried to dress really weird to be a bizarre alien. Like, I'm contacting you from space. Okay, yes, you saw me, but you weren't supposed to. And you don't ask any questions. Don't worry about it anymore. And, yeah. So Liz Sheridan at 93. But I thought it was kind of neat when I was looking up factoids that saw that she had dated James Dean. Let's see. Next thing I have. All righty. Oh, wow. Neil Adams. Wow. Okay, so comic book fans, April the 28th, Neil Adams passed away at 80s. And uh, I've got, I think I've probably got a whole series of notes that I, I copied off of uh, some things. Was there, there, it's just, there was just so much to mention. Oh, look, it, it did pop it down below. I just have to move where I've got your screen. So, but yeah, let me just read what I wrote here. Uh, Adams left an imprint on iconic superheroes like Batman and Green Arrow, co-created new characters like Rachel Ghoul or Razo Ghoul for those of you who watched Arrow, uh, and Green Lantern, John Stewart. And, uh, he created John Stewart, by the way, of Green Lantern, not Green Lantern. The whole thing. Uh, navigated for creators' rights, and because of his, his efforts, every Superman project bears a credit for original creators Joe Siegel and Joe Schuster, and publishers like DC and Marvel return original art to the artists. Yeah, uh, I, I wasn't a huge DC guy growing up, but the undeniable impact he had as an artist and a writer and all the things he did. Now, I'm not a huge John Stewart fan. I wasn't familiar with him until uh, the Justice League animated series. Uh, enough to where also that with the, uh, and I'll, we'll go ahead and bring this up now because I don't know if I have it in the list, but that is uh, with uh, with the John Stewart figure out there with the the superpowers collection that the McFarland Toys has released. I'm trying to I would like to get just the Justice League I grew up with on Super Friends, that would have mm-hmm. been the original toy line, and so I'm hoping. That they put out a green arrow that is Hal Jordan. Not that I have anything against John Stewart. He's just not the one I grew up with. Other than Justice League. And I liked him on Justice League. I think he's pretty cool. But I don't really want a toy of him. I want a Hal Jordan toy to hang on my wall behind me with my other figures. And I, I haven't gotten their dark side because their dark side is like a new 52 dark side. And he doesn't look like the dark side that I grew up with. Uh, now, the Batman's a little different, uh, but I can I can deal with this Batman. And I wish these figures were shaped a little bit more like the classic figures. The superpowers, guys. Yeah, yeah. these superpower collections. The shape of them isn't great, but I still kind of love these. And uh, I love the look of, you know, the ones. And right now, I've only got Superman, Batman, and The Flash. And I might even grow I've, I've bought an extra Superman and Batman so they can sit here on my desk. Because uh, I wanted to have some that I could actually attach the cape to them because the cape is not attached to their neck. Uh, oh. In the boxes, and I also I'm not happy about they put uh, the plastic little tabs to try to keep people from stealing stuff through the cape, essentially putting a hole in the capes. Oh, huh. So I'm a little annoyed with some of it, but other than that, you know, uh, it's they're just fun to have. Uh, have them back again, and so I'm waiting to hopefully get a Hal Jordan. Uh, what I really would like to have now is I want an Aquaman and a Wonder Woman figure. Uh, maybe even a Hawkman uh, if they make one in the next few waves. So I'm waiting to see where they go with these lines of toys. But I'm really happy to have these toys available. Uh, have as you a heard collector. if they're doing any new waves with those? Uh, well, I, I, I know they just recently got to the second wave where they've also had the uh, the the Batman who laughs, which is a very recent thing from the Batman Metal 
uh, series where they had a Joker who was really? Batman. Uh, they made a figure of that. I'm like, okay, well, you guys are, are going almost huh. retro, but they're they're basing their figures off specific artist renderings. Like the Batman figure is based off Jim Lee's style of Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the Superman figure, though, is based kind of more off the classic figure of Batman. Uh, the Flash, I think, is also kind of a, you know, he's more of the classic look. Okay. Um, but Dark Side, I think, is the New 52 style, which is not quite the Dark Side I wanted. I would love to have also the Lex Luthor where he's just in his green armor suit. That uh-huh. I would buy. Uh, but I'm trying to get the ones that are the like I remember them when I was a kid. Uh, so I'm not going to be collecting the entire line of these toys. But I'm, I'm pretty sure they're selling pretty good, although I did see a clearance. And that's why I went ahead and got a second Superman and second Batman to take out a package because they were on clearance for like $7 each. So I went ahead and picked them up. Uh, and if, if I see a Flash go down on price like that, I would probably pick him up to get an extra Flash to get out of uh, his box as well to hang out with Batman and Superman here on my desk with all the other toys on my desk that, nice. you know, I'm running out of space to keep toys. Uh, I haven't panned my camera around to show you, but I have more toys now than I ever had as a child. <laughs> but hey, this is Neverland of the Fandom Nexus. And the theme here is I don't grow up. I am the pan. So grow wise, grow strong, never grow up. But uh, do you have some fond memories of Neil Adams, or are you mainly a Marvel guy as well? No, I do. He, I mean, he did the – he was kind of my Batman from mm. when I was growing up. Uh, it's not that I was collecting Batman. It's just I was – when I was growing up, it was just whatever comic is there, and I happen to have spare money. you know. And so I had – that that style of Batman was was kind of stuck in my head as, as this is – the look for Batman. Yeah. And, um, and then later on when I was really getting into not just getting comics, but like reading comics, um, the, the hard traveling heroes, you know, green arrow and green lantern mm. as they're traveling America and, and, you know, learning about, you know, social justice and things like that. Like he was a part of that. And so, um, yeah, but yeah, he just, I mean, he, it says he left an imprint on iconic superheroes. He left an imprint on, just art you know yeah. just superhero art in general um uh, and you know he 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 created iconic looks for batman and yeah for, he did for green arrow and green lantern and yeah. i yeah. think i've got a few batman issues that he's did because i started trying to collect some retro uh batman from like the 90s and 80s and stuff uh then the comic shop that had all those old issues that i was grabbing them all i think went out of business uh, but I think even uh, I, I think I have a storyline that he may have written. It was the many deaths of Batman. I believe he may have written that one. Uh, mm-hmm. That one was a uh, late '80s, early '90s storyline, which uh, where somebody had uh, a serial murder basically was going on and killing people who had certain aspects of Batman. And it turns out he was actually killing a few people that had trained Bruce Wayne on certain skills and getting his attention. But the creepy thing is, the guy would kill them and then he would dress them as Batman. And uh, so, of course, Batman's investigating, like, it. who's that's, doing this? So it's a good mystery. It lasts a few that's issues. That's fascinating. Yeah, that sounds interesting. It was good. And I think it might be a Neil Adams, uh, either his art or his story. It's somewhere in one of my cases. I have to go digging for it. Huh. So, <laughs> But I think that was him. Uh, all right. Well, the next uh, celebrity death I have, Naomi Judd on April the 30th at age 76. Um, I can't remember. I believe she had cancer. I know she had stepped away from uh, singing with her daughter when they were the Judds, her and Winona. Yeah. Um, because of health reasons and whatnot, uh, I believe, if a memory has served, but I don't recall. But, uh, yeah, that is the time she passed away. And uh, I'm not a really big country music fan, but when I was younger, you know, Dad was listening to country music, so I was familiar with the Judds. And they did have a really good harmony between the two of them. 
And uh, it wasn't quite the same when Winona went off on her own, but uh, Winona carved out her own path. So good yeah. for her. Okay, well, I'm going to hop over to something else. And something else. Over to May. Into May already. My, or only in May. My goodness, we've been at this yeah, yeah. for an hour and 18. <laughs> and we're only not even in the fifth. I mean, we just the fifth, but I told you this is going to be a long show, y'all. Okay, May for the fourth. No, May, May the fifth. May the fifth. May the fifth. Yeah. May the fifth have their revenge. Star Trek, Strange New Worlds. I still haven't watched this, but I've heard a lot of good things. But I, I don't know, something about what Paramount Plus, some of the Star Trek show, has just not live up to my expectations of what Star Trek should be like. So I've been well, kind of like... This one might. Mm, this one this might, one though. Might. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. No, I... Picard, I watched because I was... It was Picard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and there was some interesting stuff, but, you know, the, the second season of Picard should have been two episodes. It's just... <laughs> It was too long. Discovery, mm. but Strange New Worlds really did it for me. And and Ansem Mount as Pike is amazing. Just a great actor doing his own thing because Pike really doesn't have much screen time <laughs> in, wow. in the world, you know. But um, and he only has one episode, you know, it was the pilot episode. And then they took the pilot episode and turned it into the, oh, it was the Menagerie. Yeah. And, uh, but this... They explore the character. They, you know, it's, I love the ship design. I know it's not the, I mean, this is before the original series. And so it looks different. Um, but I love the ship design because it looks a lot like the movie Enterprise that hmm. I just love that design. Yeah. But anyway, there's, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. There are one or two episodes that I would call a stinker episode um you know star trek used to do the original series especially like every third episode was more of a humor episode <laughs> well, for this series the humor episodes not great mm. <laughs> but but they do some fun things and there's two moments that anson mounts pike uh did get me choked up a little bit i shouldn't say that anson mount in discovery got me choked up as pike and then Strange New Worlds got me choked up again. Like there's some moments in, in Strange New Worlds that are right up there with, with some of the best moments of Star Trek as far as emotional, emotional moments. Discovery, there's just it's all emotion. It's all high emotion mm. the entire time. And so since there's nothing, there's no baseline. The baseline is high emotion. Um, I feel like the moments that they're trying to get you to feel emotional, it's like I. I'm not feeling what the characters are feeling because they're always up here. But um, <laughs> but Strange New Worlds is different, and and there is some moments in that where it's like, oh wow. And there's an episode that's a uh, that's riffing on Predator and Alien, huh. and it's kind of like, oh, I see what they're doing here. And uh, is it good? Yeah, I think it is. I think I, I think it is. <laughs> but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Looking forward to the next season. Um, this was one, uh, Thursday is my day off. I'm a, I'm a pastor. And so Wednesday I work from 12, uh, from eight in the morning to eight in the evening. Cause we have evening services mm-hmm. and then Thursday is my day off. And so Thursday I wake up, kind of have the house to myself other than my two daughters who are doing their homeschool stuff on their own. And so I'd get up, I'd eat breakfast, turn on Star Trek and do laundry and dishes. You know, it's just, it was a nice little routine for a little while there. So. <laughs> right. Okay, the other thing I have listed for May 5th is Mike Haggerty passes away at 67. Uh, many smaller roles, but the main thing you're going to know him for, he was Mr. Krieger on Friends, that weird downstairs neighbor. <laughs> or wait a minute. No, he wasn't the weird downstairs neighbor. I think he was, maybe he was a different neighbor. Uh, he was the one that was always complaining about was him he? as Mr. Krieger. 
when I looked at his picture, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, he was the guy. He um he was not uh, the neighbor. He was like the he, he uh, the janitor. The, he, he was the maintenance guy. But where you would recognize him, I had to think about it for a while because he had like that black mustache. He was slightly overweight. Uh, I think he had roles in like Raising Arizona and a lot of smaller bits. He was kind of a character actor. He popped up on a lot of different things. When you when you if you look him up and you you'll see him like oh that guy. But I was almost getting confused with that weird neighbor they had downstairs that always claimed that he owned whatever they had. That wasn't that wasn't Mr. Krieger. Mr. Krieger was the maintenance janitor type guy who helps fix the uh, air conditioner or whatever the heater when it goes wrong, even at one of their parties. As long as you uh, give him a good Christmas gift, you know he would fix the heater properly for you. <laughs> so, because <laughs> that was kind of the big thing that they gave him a bad gift and he let the heater go bad, and they're having a Christmas party, and all their guests are just taking off their clothes like it's so hot. Well, you can, why can't you turn the heater down? It's broken. We can't change it. You go apologize to Mr. Krieger, you know. So, but yeah, if, if you look at him, you realize you've seen him in a yeah, lot of definitely. things in the eighties. And I clicked on something to where I can't move my cursor. Here we go. There we go. There we go. Next on the list, May the 6th. And this also happened to be Free Comic Book Day, which is, of course, Marvel likes to put a movie out right in that weekend for Free Comic Book Day. Mm -hmm. And this was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which some people, I guess, didn't enjoy, but I had fun. Both yeah. times I've watched yeah. it because because uh, my wife really loved the first Doctor Strange movie, uh, so I thought she didn't. I don't know that she enjoyed this one as much, but I had fun with it. I, it was just it was kind of a wild, crazy ride. So and I just enjoy yeah, the, the weirdness of the character. Definitely a darker movie. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious what would have been if Scott Derrickson had actually directed it, mm. but Sam Raimi definitely left his fingerprints all over it. <laughs> yes, and, he did yeah. with his crazy spooky zoom in and mm-hmm. chase things that he does. I mean, Sam Raimi definitely has a style, but it works really, really well in most cases. And I really yeah. enjoyed it. Next on the list, uh, country music legend, Mickey Gilly on May the 7th passed away at 86. And I was trying to think of what songs Mickey Gilly had done, but I, they weren't coming I, to me. I have no idea. All right. Well, Mickey Gilly passed away. We'll just we'll just kind of go from there. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not a country music guy. All right. So here's something uh, among, among his biggest hits: "Room Full of Roses." And then I love this title. This is great. Don't the girls all get prettier at closing time? <laughs> I get it. That's funny. That's all a right. good title. All righty. So then May 21st, and here's me and my unpopular opinion: Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus. I hated it. What? I hated it. Wow. Okay. All right. That the, is. Uh, okay. I was. I wasn't sure what to expect, but uh, yeah. And I, I can't remember my list of complaints that I had on the podcast episode afterward, but I was <laughs> not going to be dazzled just for nostalgia of, oh, look at that character. Oh, look at that character. Because let's face it, Who Framed Roger Rabbit has a lot of, oh, look at that character. But every character that brought in had purpose and they weren't relying on that. This movie relied on, oh, look at this character. Isn't that fun? And they took one of my favorite characters of Peter Pan and wrecked him in ways that didn't even make sense. Okay. Well, that's totally understandable. Yes. That is totally understandable. I... I really enjoyed the movie. I was pleasantly surprised by it. Didn't know what to expect. I was going into the movie with my arms crossed. I was going into the movie thinking this is not going to be good, especially once I heard that it wasn't like really tied into the the animated series. Now, once they said, you know, once it's like, oh, no, these are, you know, it's behind the scenes. It's Roger Rabbit. I mean, it really is the the Roger Rabbit style of world. Yeah, but Roger Rabbit did it better. (laughs) 
Well, think, and it may even be really the not just a spiritual sequel to Roger Rabbit, but an actual sequel to Roger Rabbit because Roger Rabbit's in this movie. Yeah, he's yeah he's in the background there. Um, now and, and yeah, it definitely is is riffing and referencing left and right and yeah. left and right again. And that's what I felt like um, the entire content but, was was just reference and reference. I I needed more substance. And it just wasn't there for me. Unpopular opinion, I know. <laughs> well, surprising opinion. I don't know you well, though. That's the thing. So all I know is, oh, you, you like classic Disney. Yep. Well, this this was classic Disney referencing and riffing. <sighs> yeah, but so. it wasn't done in the style of classic Disney. It was too modern Disney. But yeah, oh no. It's, well, and that's I, and I was excited the voice for acting, it. The voice acting yeah. did did irritate me a little bit, but mm. yeah, 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 yeah. There's just there's so much it it could have been, and I see what they tried to do, but it just oh it just oh it it was a gut wrench for me because I wa- I wanted to like it, but I just I just couldn't, and I found so many logical fallacies in the plot of it that I was like this is just like all they really wanted to do was throw a bunch of characters at us like hey you love these characters don't you yes hey look here they are and it's like yeah you got to do more than that can't play the nostalgia button the whole time. All right, next, something that actually I enjoyed quite a bit more. Uh, May 22nd, Stranger Things at Season 4. And well, put, I, I put a note here, to be continued on July the 1st. Right, uh, right. I won't bring it up on July 1st <laughs> because we're talking about it now, but we got Season 4 of Stranger Things now. And really, frankly, July the 1st, those should, that should have just been a movie. I mean, goodness. There what was a like weird release choice. Yes. My understanding is they weren't done with those final three episodes, <laughs> and, but they wanted to keep it moving. I do think the one thing that they were able to get that you don't when you drop a whole season is there was conversation happening mm. between the two parts. Yeah. And when you have weekly releases like Marvel's doing with, uh, and star Wars series uh, with those weekly releases, you have conversation and buzz. Yes. We just drop a season. The buzz is I binge watch this. You need to as well. Done. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and it's over. Hey, I watched it. Did you, Hey, I yeah, haven't watched and, it yet. Don't spoil it on Facebook. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And so. and the major credit you got to give to this is it took a song that nobody ever heard of with a, from a person nobody knew who she was, and suddenly she was popular. And I was one of those people like, you know, the song is okay, but I it I wasn't all buzzy and buzzworthy on that song, as like, but a lot of people were. It brought this song into the limelight that I, I don't know that anybody knew that song. I grew up in the 80s. I'd never heard it before in my life. The running up a hill, and I didn't even know who she was. Never heard of it. Were you familiar with that song yeah, or that I artist heard at of all? Her. No, not the song. Just with Kate Bush. I, I knew about her, and she does a cover of Rocket Man that is amazing, where she's mm. playing the ukulele. And yeah, and so I was familiar with her as an artist, really, because of Rocket Man. I became familiar with her, um, but not like a super fan or anything like that. Yeah. Although I would maybe say super fan of, of her rendition of, of Rocket Man. It's just quirky and weird, and <laughs> I, I enjoy it. So now I'm curious. But really, I don't know if that song would have been popular had it not been in a really pretty epic scene of Stranger Things. Uh, really, no, really been, well sure. used. Uh, but yeah, because otherwise that song, because I mean, everybody who does cover songs on YouTube was trying to do a cover of it after that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, the song itself isn't that good. But when you put it in the context of what they did in that scene, it fits so well. And it was amazingly done. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Out, outside of that, that song is going to disappear again, I think. Because it wasn't, you know, it was. A, it's not a bad song, and she does, you know, she is a good singer, uh, Kate Bush. I will say, 
but you know, it didn't, I know it didn't, the song itself by itself, I don't think it really captured my imagination or attention, but it was a very interesting season. I like that we finally get to a root villain, uh, within this season, um, that I don't want to say too much because in case people have not watched it yet for whatever reason. Right, right. Uh, but wow, uh, some good backstory and bringing it all together. Uh, I was expecting they were going to wrap the whole thing up, but surprise, surprise, another uh, ending. Nope, where we're getting <laughs> one more season. <laughs> one more season. Okay, one more time. Back to the breach, literally. <laughs> so... Yep, looking forward to see what they do with that. That was a series that the, I didn't, you know, I, I had no idea what to do, what to expect with that first season. I was like, well, I'm kind of curious what this is. Let me watch it. And I don't really do horror of this sort, but it has that that science fiction vibe that gets my mm-hmm. attention. That uh, and, and you know that of course that that the, having the right amount of '80s nostalgia just you know they got me, they got me. So I've been having oh, fun. They definitely pulled the the nostalgia lever over yeah. and over again, but. They do it this in a way that works. Into a story. Yeah. 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 And even, uh, you know, my wife, though, she quit watching after because, um, you know, we, we do love um, oh, Sam. Sean Astin. Yeah. When, when he was, and he didn't, because he, he didn't have to die. And it was pretty horrible watching him die. My wife was officially out at that point. So that's just, that's just because we just love Sean Astin. And I did appreciate getting to, uh, didn't get to meet him, but I did get, get to go to a panel he had here locally. Uh, and, and I've uh, also listened to his audio book. He's just, he's a, he's a pretty cool down to earth guy. And so, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, we don't want to watch Sean Aston getting her, her horribly murdered by these things. And so that was, <laughs> that was the final straw. My wife has not come back and watched a single bit since then. I tell her she's missing out. It's like the story's been getting really good. So, and they have referenced that it, it added a lot of character yeah. growth, uh, with, uh, dealing with his death. So. Speaking of death, uh, great character actor here himself. Well, no, he's more leading man, but he never seemed to, Well, no, I guess he did have some he's lead both. roles. He's, he's both. both. Yeah. Ray Liotta passed away on May 26th, my birthday, at age of 67. Uh, and I I, I think I never saw Goodfellas, but I always will think of him as one of the Goodfeathers. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Because, you know, I watched the Animaniacs. I knew what they were referencing, but I never really watched Goodfellas other than I have seen the scene with him and Joe Pesci. Oh, and I'm funny to you. I'm some kind of clown to you, you know? Uh-huh. No, I just said, you know, you're funny. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I think there's some other stuff I remember seeing him in other than uh, commercials about quitting smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he should have quit sooner, uh, but that's okay. At least he did quit smoking. But but yeah, he was a great actor and he was he just seemed very affable. Uh, as a as a person when you'd see him. So alrighty. Next day, the twenty-seventh Kenobi premieres. Why do I have uh, Stranger Things season four listed here? Well, I, I put in some of these, so okay. that might have been my my Okay, because yeah, season but... four actually on the twenty second, if I've got my notes right, I had to look it up because I went I was like, oh I almost forgot to put it in there. But Kenobi premiered uh on uh, the twenty seventh, which uh, I, I'd say I did I did rather enjoy, but uh, I did recently watch the How It Should Have Ended, I think, uh, had did a thing on Kenobi, and they make a lot of good points of what was really wrong with that show. Uh, and there were it wasn't a perfect show, but it was fun, and we did enjoy seeing Vader and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi having some duels again uh, and getting a scary Darth Vader in there again. So, I mean, I still enjoyed it. It was not a perfect series, but it was enjoyable. No, it- and it didn't overstay its welcome. Right. Six episodes, you know, in and out. And I was surprised to see Princess Leia show up. I was surprised, 
you know, to see um, Vader be as much a part of things as he yeah. was. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I really enjoyed that, that show. Yeah. It was a good show. It was, you know, it wasn't perfect. It definitely had some flaws, but it was still enjoyable because, you know, you and McGregor coming back as Obi-Wan. <laughs> that's, it's all, you know, you're going to have a good time. That's, that's all there is to it. He was just a, such a great Obi-Wan in the prequels that, you know, it's just fun to see him come back. Yeah. So. Another movie, and this right, this ended up being the surprise big hit to me because I was like, when I was like, you know, hell, another Top Gun movie that might be cool. I think you know, the original one, I don't remember, but I went and rewatched <laughs> the original. But Top Gun Maverick, I was like, okay, I got to get out there and see it. I didn't, I don't think I saw it until like June. Uh, I was a little late to the game, but yeah, I didn't see it right away either. <coughs> Pardon me, but Let me get a drink of water. Yeah, that was. So surprising. Oh, yes. Unfortunately, not 100% surprising because everyone was telling me yeah. this is the best movie of the year. Yeah. And I'm going into it like, really? Really? And then I watch it and it was Star so Wars. much fun. <laughs> it, it was. It was Star Wars. It was Star it, Wars. I, but that's why it was good. I was thinking about it and it, it really is one of those just say to yourself, it's just a show. You should really just relax because if you think about it too much, it doesn't really makes sense as far as why they had to do everything they had to do mm-hmm. but they had to get us to the finale and mm-hmm. I and and you can forgive it at the end like when you have like the finale and then it's like no we're not done yet <laughs> right keep going you get that and well, we well, got one more yeah. yeah you needed to have and that character you, growth there for that yeah, final that you, final bit there I, totally forgive it totally forgive it because yep. it, it made it good and it was fun and Yep, thank you, Tom Cruise, for just <laughs> making an entertaining movie. Uh, and even so much more, my wife is not really a fan of the original Top Gun at all. Uh, she d- didn't like it. And uh, I pulled it up on streaming while we were here on break and everything. Cause, and she was going to sit there and play on her Switch and just like, oh, I'm going to play Animal Crossing. But she got got into watching it because I was telling her, <laughs> she said, no, trust me, this was really good. Uh, and it's, it's it's ten times better than the original. And it's just I, I just love seeing Val Kilmer getting a chance to come back as the Iceman again. Uh, because we all love Val Kilmer, and uh, yeah. I, them finding a way to get him in there was just fantastic. Okay, pardon me, I had to blank out and cough for a second. All righty, I, I, I like I had some like a little bit of saliva that was in my mouth that I just kind of breathed in and it hit the back of my throat. Just, I hate when that happens. So, and I'm all about out about every. I, I had three drinks when we started this. I've had a uh, eggnog milk mixture because I I, I I soften my my eggnog so it doesn't sugar me up too bad for my diabetic. Had a big old cup of water and a half a can of Sunkist, and I have drunk through all of it. <laughs> Did not expect to do that. And we're now we're at the halfway point though. Almost. So, do we need an intermission? <laughs> no, I don't know. Let's keep going. It's a marathon. Let's blast through. We can do this. Blast through this. June the 2nd, the Orville New Horizons premiere. And that's pretty much like your third season that, that people were yeah, longing for. It they was, finally it got was it. third season. But it wasn't third season because it was Hulu mm. instead of being on Fox. And so this was direct to Hulu. And it was it became part of my routine as well. It was re- being released. I can't remember if it was released on Thursday or if it was released on Wednesday. I didn't have a chance to watch it on Wednesdays, though. I'd wake up on Thursday morning and I was watching this, Strange New Worlds. Um, there's a little bit of, of crossover between them as far as like happening at the same time, but, um, I enjoyed it. It was, I, what I thought was going to be making fun of next generation when it first started, turns mm-hmm. out to be, no, we're just going to do the next generation. We're just going <laughs> to literally be 
Star Trek Next Generation as close as we can without getting sued. Mm. And uh, yeah, uh, and it's good. I mean, right down to the music cues and the style of, of storytelling and things like that. But um, is it perfect? No, definitely not perfect. Um, is it perfectly my worldview? No, <laughs> definitely <Yeah>. not. <laughs> but it, it definitely um, latches on to that sci-fi we're, we're going to take science fiction and we're going to tell modern day parables, you know, and we're going to um, make some statements. And some statements were good. Some statements, not so much, but still enjoyable. So yeah. I've only ever watched, I think, one, maybe two episodes of the Orville of the first season. And mainly because I'm not a big fan of Seth MacFarlane, uh, but I'm, I love Galaxy Quest. And I had a, a, another podcaster, the real Brian. Uh He's been saying for a long time, if you like the Galaxy Quest, you'll probably end up liking the Orville. So I've given it a chance. I've watched a couple episodes. I'm like, this isn't bad. I think, you know, I'll give it a few more episodes and let it develop. But I got I got a backlog of things I'm I'm in to watch, and I've got a ton of backlogs of video games, and I tend to play more video games than I do watch TV. So, <laughs> Well, what was fascinating was the budget behind it, because they actually did, like, the last few episodes were building up to a basically a low-budget, big-budget film. Like, it's huge battle action sequences and then the final episode in some ways is a either a deconstruction or a celebration of the of the prime directive from star trek hmm. and they're making a real commentary on that and it's just interesting stuff and it's 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 exploring philosophy it's exploring sci-fi ideas it's exploring you know modern morality and i and those for those reasons i feel like it's worth watching even though i personally don't agree with every all the commentary that they were making I really enjoyed engaging with the commentary they were making. And as long as they're finding a way to make you laugh, I guess, along the way, too, because that's the idea of the show Somewhat, was supposed to be funny. But it was not a comedy, though. It, really? It's, it's Yeah. I mean, there's funny characters, but what I was expecting was parody. Yeah. And instead, what they're giving you is, no, we're going to tell straight stories, uh, but we're going to have some characters who are more normal hmm. and, and more regular people. And, and so... Yeah, so the characters are going to tell jokes because the characters tell jokes. It's not <laughs> it's not that they're making jokes in universe. So yeah, it, it was yeah. it's interesting the way yeah. they did that. So. And they found ways to put a funny situation cuz like the, what I've seen in like the first season is like where his his like commanding officer is his ex-wife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you have like that's just the awkwardness of that situation, but I'm curious where they were going to go with that. So I'm going to pick up and uh, continue watching, but I'm really behind on that one. <laughs> So, all righty, but uh, moving on to uh, June the 7th, the premiere of Ms. Marvel on Disney+. Plus. I watched one episode. That's about as far as I got. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed this, too. Yeah. Um, the the uh, character's like, oh, look, it's Mr. Fantastic. Oh, I mean Ms. Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. They made some changes from the comics, but... Um, yeah, they did. Wow. This is, this is one of those things where it's similar to, I guess, Black Panther or... Um, uh, I don't know, but they, where this is a show that's give me a peek at some, at a culture I'm not very familiar with, and letting me you know see behind the scenes and some of the stuff. I mean, they they spend a lot of time at the mosque, and you know, just just seeing what does normal life look like for families in Brooklyn who who are you know Muslims and and who live through the diaspora and things like that, and so. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed the character because it is a lot like that Spider-Man teen angst mm. where I'm 
a normal girl who's really just enjoying the fact that I now have superpowers and I get to be a superhero. This is great. And, yeah. and it's not so much the angsty, oh, my blessing is my curse kind of thing. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just I couldn't quite get into it, and then I was like, "Well, I'm gonna let and I'll, I'll I'll pay attention, see what other people have been thinking, and see if there's something that, that gets my interest back involved in this series." And uh, even from like the you know, honest trailers, and even from people's opinions, the people were fans of the characters. They were they were like, "Yeah, I they they kind of did some weird stuff, and it's got a little bit of disservice to some of the fans of the character." I'm like, "Okay, well, it seems like people are fairly mixed." So I'm like, "I guess I'll you know I watched one episode, and I'll just move on." So I don't, I don't I think it was like aimed at me. I think it was aimed definitely a younger audience with the stylistic yeah. of how they put it together. Definitely. I was like, I don't, I don't feel like I was the target audience for that one. So I, I wasn't able to keep up. I was like, no. And, and if that first episode didn't grab you, the rest of the series is just like it. So, I mean, so, it's, yeah, so it's probably, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I'm missing out much. I'm just not no. a fan of the, you know, even the, uh, I think it's one of the weak draws of the uh, Avengers video game that came out is, uh, you start out with her being your main character, and I'm like, I'm not really invested in this character at all. Uh, and then by the time you start getting some of the other characters, they they turn it into the online game. Then it's I don't know. I'm gonna try to pick up on that game again and play it some more at some point. But yeah, it's I don't know. I was not able to get involved with that character. Some characters that I were involved with that I was expecting. Well, no, I didn't have high expectations. Let's be honest. <laughs> June tenth. I'm curious I, where you're going to go with this. I one only now, went because yeah. you know I was a huge. I love the original Jurassic Park, and they should have stopped there. Except well, Jurassic World was still pretty good, uh, mm-hmm. but they should have stopped with one movie. And I, but I only went because my buddy Phil, you know, he's also my pastor, and I've, he's been my best friend since you know time immemorial. Uh, and he was super excited to go, and because of seven brain surgeries and the seizures he's gotten from it, he's not allowed to drive. So I was going to be his ride, but I was like, I'm not expecting this to be good. And I was not disappointed. It wasn't any good. Jurassic World Domin- Dominion uh, Dominion, I almost said. Wow, was that a... And I, it was so bad that the <sighs> movies were supposed to be thrilling. I was laughing at the ridiculous stupidity going on. Uh, that, wow, did they ever stink this up? Okay, so the problem with this movie is there is an opening sequence and a closing sequence that tease like eight different movies that are better than the one we gave, <laughs> they gave us. Yeah. You know, it's like, look at the world yeah. and the dinosaurs are everywhere and they're just a part of our regular life now. And I'm thinking, this is fascinating. I can't wait to see where they go with this. Oh, you know where they're going to go with this? giant insects <laughs> yeah. that's where they're gonna go with this and then <laughs> oh, i just i uh, wanted to stay in the world and show me show me the dominion yeah and and they do a little bit at the end and at the beginning and i'm just it's like a wolverine origins where <laughs> the five minute opening credit sequence is the movie that i wanted to see right where they're like you know immortal warriors fighting every war like that's Amazing! No, yeah. we're not going to go there. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna tease you with it, but and then skip ahead and make a story you didn't want. Yep, I would have gone uh, in, in, sticking with the adamantium at the end of the movie and drop it <laughs> there, and then have him have no memories like he's supposed to. Instead of oh, we're going to shoot him with an adamantium bullet. And like, what? At least the ideas of what I thought would make a good Captain America movie, somebody was thinking the same thing and made the Captain America movie we wanted, where it's like, yeah, you, all right, you want to put him in the modern age eventually, do it at the end of the movie, thank you. But let's tell a Captain America story in his era. That's what so Wolverine Origins should have yeah. been. So, yep, yep, Well, yep. And that's honestly what did it for me for, with Wonder Woman. Mm. Now, Wonder Woman could have been a World War II movie, maybe should have been, but because they had already done that with Captain America, yeah. they couldn't. 
But a, a period piece with Wonder Woman with the World War One that was great. Yes. Then a period piece with Wonder Woman in the eighties, less great. Yeah. But. Should have worked, but I don't know. They somehow blew it. <laughs> It's like, how did you guys mess this up? Because I was super excited, and you had something going, and then uh, you know, somewhere you yeah. just lost it. And that's what the Jurassic World movies did. I didn't even like the second Jurassic World. Uh, and I didn't, I, I mean, I was doing okay with the second Jurassic World, but I realized at some point we've lost the point of what Spielberg was able to do with these dinosaurs to making them scary. These were not scary anymore. Now well, somebody gets eaten by a T-Rex in the Jurassic World Dominion. It's just a background like, oh, well, that just happened. Who cares? Well, and that's the thing. The way it could have been, the, the stuff I was expecting and wanting from the opening and closing, Jurassic Park was about awe and wonder yeah. and horror. You yes. know, and it's like the, they step into this fairy tale land of there's dinosaurs here and their jaws are dropping. And ours are, too, because it's like we've never seen anything like this before. And so to have stepped into the world where we're like watching dinosaurs navigate big cities and stuff, they show us in montage. But it could have been so interesting and so much fun. And they could have brought back that sense of wonder where we're like, this is this is amazing. We're seeing these huge beasts side by side with, you know, cows and cattle and and they kind of start there where you know they're but they they didn't yeah they didn't deliver yeah no. so but uh because i share a voodoo account with my buddy philip when he buys a movie i get his digital code i actually have a digital copy just waiting for me to watch again which will never happen <laughs> so <laughs> but the following day uh or at least this is the date that uh that, that popped up when i was uh going in there so i don't know if this was the exact date that this happened but it's something that happened this year and around about june the new place i'm still gonna call it playstation plus uh but the new tiers of playstation came out this year where you had certain levels of what you wanted to have unlocked to be able to stream for free and the capabilities you can have an essential you could have a premiere edition i mean some options, and uh, I found myself resubscribing, and I'm allowed a certain amount of money for myself to blow on anything I want, so I'm officially doing $17.99 to get everything. And there's so many games to play on the <laughs> streaming service for the PlayStation that uh, I've now I feel like I've increased my backlog of games I really would like to play uh, with all the games available to me. But I find most of the time, on days that I'm working from home and I don't have much to do, I can maybe casually do do something on 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 a PlayStation Plus like like a Civilization Revolution. Uh, it's good to kind of a casual thing that I can just you know, oh well, I have a minute while I'm waiting for an email from a voice artist for this ad I'm working on. Let me go and let's uh, uh, let me go invade China, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing, real quick, and then come back, you know. It's it's one of those things, I, you know, the, I, having access to it, just a casual game. That's even just a nice game if you like, you don't want any stress. Civilization Revolution, when I'm just sitting there like, and, you know, it's a good after work game, too. That's when I can really hmm. sit down and play on that game because it's just, I love the Civilization games in, in general. I can't seem to do the, the newer Civilization 6. I confused the Dickens out of me and I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, but Civilization Revolution has that perfect balance of just doing a quick game of Civilization. Uh, and having that available on a streaming service has been kind of nice. So I do enjoy, you know, having access to that. Uh, all right, next thing, and uh, this one uh, would probably tickle your, your fancy if you had a modern system. June 16th, <laughs> the release of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, where uh, I, for, I don't know how to say their name. It looked like Dotma or whatever was the name of the developer, but bringing us a classic retro-style 
beat him up with a little modern huh. twist, a few extra things of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and a style that looked like the 1980s cartoon. And even the kids love this game. So how, nice. if, if I had children, this would be an awesome thing that I'd be playing with my kids. We'd be having a ball. Uh, love this. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And this is, I, I don't have it listed as a separate entry, but this was also the year that brought us the Kawabunga collection from Konami, where we had all those classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games based at least on the 80s cartoon all brought out together to play those as well. Uh, this was a year for to be a retro Ninja Turtle fan. Nice. And I've been hearing some talk about some sort of nice new updates coming in the coming year for this game. And it's even, I got it originally on PS4, but now I have a PS5. And uh, the game, I, 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 it didn't transfer over automatically. I have to repurchase it for the PS5. So I'm thinking, you know, I bought it digitally. Maybe I'll get a nice edition of, for the PS5 uh, just for the sake of grins and giggles. And to me, it would, almost, it would be kind of worth it. Even though I could play it, you know, I can play PS4 games on a PS5, so I can play it anytime I want to. But, you know, if I can get some special collectibles, which I don't think I can anymore, uh, it would totally be worth it because that I'm having so much fun with that. All right, next thing on the list, Pixar once again teaches me that they can make garbage movies with Lightyear. <sighs> hey, you know what the kids would like? The kids would really like a 90-minute retelling of Interstellar. <laughs> I didn't even That's see it. That's what kids want. Oh, <laughs> which is a fantastic movie, but it's really long. Yeah, and it's uh, it's all about time dilation and things like that. And I just I this movie. <laughs> Why is it Lightyear? Like, why? what were they thinking? Yeah, what we wanted was, uh, I protect the galaxy from the evil Emperor Zerg. And what did we get for Zerg? Well, I don't want to spoil everything, but it comes down to he just wanted to go home. It just, it just was so stupid. It, it starts out with the title screen saying, it starts out the title screen saying there was a Lightyear movie that Andy went to see and, and it caused him to become this is that movie. And yeah. No, it was his favorite this movie. This was not the movie that Andy saw that caused him to become a lifelong fan yeah. of Buzz Lightyear. There's no way any child in the 90s saw that movie and said, I love this movie. There's <laughs> right. no way. Yeah. I was expecting it. This is what I was expecting just to be a 90s sci-fi adventure story. Yes. And 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 again riffing nostalgic, you know. Yeah. Um big explosions, maybe bad effects, you know, but instead it it was this yeah. philosophical treatise on on time and life and uh, yeah. and not funny and it and just, didn't even pull my heartstrings like a good Toy Story movie would do. No. I'd still yeah, I'd even still watch Toy they Story tried. 4 over this. And Toy Story 4 was still pretty good. It wasn't great, but it was still good. I'd watch I'd watch that any day over this. Well, I'd watch the animated series. Like that's that's yeah. the thing. Like the animated series yeah. felt like the cartoon that Andy watched yes. and became a, a fan of. And they actually said, actually, this is the movie based on the cartoon series. And so it's 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 what? actually, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they did this, this kind of flip flopping around and, yeah. and it just, it, it just, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't, yeah. it, it doesn't deliver. It doesn't work. Yeah. It failed on so many levels, but movie that didn't fail came out later on the 24th of June 
And I label this as Elvis TCB because that's what the preview is. You know, I was like, TCB, that's right. Taking care of business. That's totally Elvis. <laughs> this movie was actually really, really good. It was a, a, a different sort of stylistic. Uh, the, the, it's, you know, the style that you expect out of this director. The only real flaw was occasionally having a rap music or whatever music that didn't fit the style or the, or the generation. But uh, telling the story of Elvis Presley in a very fun and very interesting way. And I enjoyed it. It's, you know, it's unfortunately how, you know, you get used to these biopics that there's a bit of a redemption. Like you watch the uh, Walk the Line with Johnny Cash, and you have he gets really down and bad, and the, the, the drugs, the alcohol. But then there's a mm-hmm. turnaround, and he and he turns his life around. Elvis does not have that turnaround moment. He literally eventually went to his death because of his rock and roll lifestyle. But that, I mean, that's the the truth of it. And that's it's it's gets you when you get to that point, you see him coming, and it becomes kind of sad because you see like yeah, this is a guy who. He ended up ruining his life, but it wasn't fully him. And it asked the question, is it more him or was it the, the false colonel that was managing mm-hmm. him? Who's more to blame for the, the self-destruction of Elvis Presley? And uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm uh, really, I really want to, but I haven't. Yeah, it's. I think it is available on HBO Max to watch right now, and I definitely recommend it. It was very entertaining. Uh, and the actor, I, got, I forget his name. Oh, my goodness. He just turned himself into Elvis Presley. Uh, amazing uh, performances and stuff. But yeah, very, very, very good. If you're an Elvis fan, I think you'll enjoy it. If you're not an Elvis fan, you might still enjoy it. It was just <laughs> an entertaining movie. All right, so next there, we got a movie that I didn't see, but I think I think I put it on here because this was important to people. July the 1st, yeah. Minions Rise of Gru. Did you see it? I did not, no. <laughs> well, so. I put it on here because it seemed significant, but I um, I got bored with the Minions uh, pretty quick. Um I think that I, I saw the first Despicable Me, and the Minions is the only reason that movie was any good. I never really, I try to I keep trying to watch Despicable Me too, but it's just not, it's not getting there. But Minions have been used in so many memes and so many jokes. I'm tired of looking at them, and I tried to watch the Minions movie, and I was like, this isn't even funny anymore. So I'm not been able my to keep kids up have with these. Grown it, yeah, and they were never interested that much in the first place. Like we watched them, but it was because ah, we need a movie to watch with the kids. So yeah. oh, we'll try this. <laughs> But yet, I guess a lot of people were excited enough to where this made some sort of impact. So I thought, you know, we'll mention it. Moving on, though, then. July 6th, the great legendary James Caan passes away at 1982. I mean, at 19. Wow. At the age of, <laughs> na- of 82. Ooh. See? Uh, Not in 1982. Yeah. yeah. This is the effects of a guy whose brain has still not gotten used to working in television and not morning radio to where our brain shuts down at 7, trying to read from a list two hours after his bedtime. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to be like New Year's Eve trying to stay awake for this. Oh, but yes, James Conn passed away to 82. And um, I, I I guess the first thing that's going to come to mind is him and Billy Dee Williams. Uh, and um, oh, what is what is the name of that movie? It was a TV movie based off real yeah, football players. Yeah, with the song. Uh, Brian's song. Brian's song. Oh, my goodness. We read through the script in school and then we watched the movie. It'll tear you up if you've ever had a best friend like that. And going through, like, especially if you know anybody in your family or nobody who's gone through and died from cancer, it's going to get you. And my grandfather had died of cancer, so watching this movie just hit me right in the feels. Uh, good movie. But, I mean, that's the first thing I'm, I think of with James Conn. I mean, he popped up in everything from the Godfather to I don't even think, can't even think of everything else. Godfather and Alien Nation are, are what pops up for me with, with James Conn. Uh, you know what? I need to see Alien Nation one of these days. I never have seen that. Oh, 
I should see it. I know. That's an oldie, man. Yeah, That's... it is. Yeah, it is. They even made a TV series based off of it. And I like the idea. It was kind of a neat idea. Uh, I love the TV series. Oh. I, actually, I like the TV series more than the movie. But, yeah. So, yeah, I'm very curious to check it but out. James Conn was not in the series. So. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing on here, here's one that, you know, um, kind of mixed for some people, but I had fun. Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do have yeah. some complaints. Seriously, the fact that Thor has become a buffoon. Uh, I, I it's a little bit of an insult to the character and my microphone is falling. Uh, but I mean, there was some fun, but I compared to all the, the heck I'll watch the first Thor movie over this again. Uh, but, but I, would I you watch I, the second one? No, <laughs> the first, because <laughs> the first one was good and there's some good character growth and Ragnarok, I, Ragnarok struck a really good balance of telling some good story, but yet having some humor about it. This one, they just threw off everything. And, well, of course, I guess they kind of did it in, in, with Endgame. And they've wrecked. A lot of people say Thor was wrecked in that movie and they never recovered. Um, although uh, Chris Hemsworth says that he likes where the character's gone. It's like your character's gone into a buffoonery. Uh, and it's, they really ruined the character. But I mean, there it was, it was kind of a fun ride. I just didn't really. I don't know. It's it's like I liked it, but I also didn't like it. But I had fun. But I'm never going to watch it again because the second time I watch it is where I'm going to be like, "Oh, what'd you do?" <laughs> uh, yep. And the screaming goats are only going to be funny the first time. You know? Yeah, I don't know if they were funny the first time. <laughs> I, I I laughed. My wife didn't. My wife hates screaming goats, but I I don't know. Screaming goats make me laugh a little bit. But yeah, it's not going to carry it through. Oh, that, I just realized something. It looked like I was on the wrong different line, but I forgot to bring it up with PlayStation Plus. Uh, one of the big draws for PlayStation Plus is that the indie developers of Stray were going to put it on there for free. So everybody got a chance to play Stray, which was this great, great science fiction game with a cat. And you got to play as a cat. And, uh, oh, my goodness, you're in a, a robotic li uh, living dystopia as a, huh. as a cat. And it's... Just an amazing game with puzzles, and uh, it's, it's one of those things that sounds really weird, you know, but you, you, you kind of see stuff like, they're making a game where you're playing a cat? Okay, well, I like cats. I have three cats. Let me try this. And then you get into it, and the world and the immersion is just an amazing experience. Uh, and I think we talked plenty about Stray. I think it was last episode because we went through the Game Awards, and Philip was asking me, what was Stray? And I was like, oh, gosh. So, yeah, if you didn't listen to that episode, go back to the previous episode. I explained Stray and just the the juggernaut that that was. But that uh, that came in June. All right, so next thing on here, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. That's when it was released July 14th. Or I did no, fifteenth. You didn't see it. Uh, <laughs> no. I didn't. I didn't see it in theater. I was like, "Well, this might be fun." When I watched it on streaming, I realized, "Oh, I know why this is funny. This is Mel Brooks. This is Blazing Saddles for kids." Uh, yeah, literally, it was Blazing Saddles, only set in a different setting, but it's the same story. It still has a Mongo character, and uh, it's instead of. Uh, uh, Black Sheriff, it's a dog in a cat world. Uh, and, but it, it was, and even Mel Brooks even is in that. And it was basically Blazing Saddles. And that's why I appreciate it because, like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm of the persuasion where I'd rather watch Blazing Saddle uh, edited for TV because uh, there's some content in there that's like, whoa, that's, you know, I don't really want that. Uh, but having, where you can have the same story of and, and, and lessons really of Blazing Saddles and the same humor, but make it kid friendly. I was I had a good time watching it. I I liked it more than I thought I would have. Uh, nice. but I can't think what streaming service had it, but I saw it streaming. I was like, oh hey, you know, what? I was kind of interested in seeing what this was because it reminded me of the the 
the teasers didn't really tell you what this was. It looked like as a bad version of Hong Kong Fooey. And at first I thought, oh, is this like reimagine Hong Kong Fooey or something? And then it's like, it's not Hong Kong Fooey. What is this Legend of Hang thing? And But I thought, you know what? I'm going to check it out. It looked funny. And then I was watching it and I was, my wife was uh, like making some pancakes or something in the other room. And I said, you should come watch this. This is Blazing Saddles. <laughs> so, all right, but moving on. All righty. Now you might not know this name. July 24th, David Warner passes away at 80. Now, the, the name David Warner, is that, does that strike memories for you? Yeah, Evil from Time Bandits. And I oh, believe the yeah. bad guy from Tron as yes. well. Sarah, and, or Sork. Zork? Yeah, Sork. and he, ah, dang he it. was, uh, yeah. I believe he played a, did he play a Klingon in one of the Star Trek yes. movies too? played a Klingon. He, great, such a great character actor. He was so versatile. Yeah. Uh, even so much... That he was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Use, as Dr. Was Jordan Perry. Was he really? Yes. <laughs> he was Dr. Jordan Perry, the one who had accidentally created the ooze and then had to create an anti-mutagen to de- de- defeat Toka and Razar with the turtles. But <laughs> yes, uh, I cannot. Th- Why can I not think of his name in Tron? Holy cow. But you know, David Warner, if you didn't know him by name, you'd look at him and like, oh, him. Yeah. So no, you definitely see him and know him. Yeah. Sure. He's, he's, he's definitely a hero of nerd f- cinema, <laughs> especially with being in Tron, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, uh, oh, okay. I, it's hard to tell if this was part of one of my uh, other things or if it's for this one. Uh, and funny enough, uh, I, I was, I was we, we bought a new lapel mic for the church and I was helping Philip set it up. And when I went over to his house, he was sitting there watching an episode of Murder, She Wrote, where Paul Sorvino was actually the murderer in an episode of Murder, She Wrote. Paul Sorvino passed away at the age of 83 on July 25th. Uh, and he's one of those guys that you see him, you might not know his name, but you see him, you're like, oh, him. Uh, one of my favorite roles that he had, though, was in The Rocketeer as, I think, what was it, Eddie Valentine? I don't remember any of the names from the movie. Uh, Although I, think, I am rewatching the movie soon because we're doing a series for our podcast uh, about it. But, I, I'm one of them yeah. people that uh, I, I love that classic style of, of hero. Uh, even though the, I, I recently found out that the character was actually created like in the 80s. Uh, but I yeah, like the Rocketeer yeah. movie, but I, Paul Servino's character has a great character arc where he's he's kind of the bad guy, but then he realizes he's working for a Nazi, and he's like, uh-uh. It's like, I may be a lot of things, but That's I ain't no right. Nazi. That's oh, right. He's such yeah, no, a we're great doing a, character. We're, we're doing a series on our, our Strangers and Aliens podcast about movies that came out right after Batman <laughs> yes. uh, in, in 1989 that were building on that pulp Right. Uh, so we already we, we did one episode about um, uh, Dick Tracy, mm. and now we're going to be doing Rocketeer, uh, The Shadow, and The Phantom. Oh so, man, yeah. and I love those classic maybe heroes maybe like The Shadow and Phantom. One of those. Oh yeah. So I know a guy who'd love to talk about The Shadow. He saw the movie, became a huge fan, likes the radio shows and the pulp stuff. Uh, known as the real Brian. Um, yeah, he he would he loves The Shadow. I like listening to some of the old radio shows. I've actually got it. one of my Christmas shows. I like listening to every year is an episode of The Shadow. It's good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Next, and now here's a movie I did, I misspelled on the list and I didn't see. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna there check it out eventually. DC League of Super Pets. I didn't get around to seeing this one. Uh, how about you? I did. I did, and it was fun. It was funny. fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it really is. Uh, it's like, what if DreamWorks did a, a DC movie? Mm. You know, it's it's not quite classic, amazing Pixar, but it is definitely more like your 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 DreamWorks animated film. And um, yeah, it was it was fun, funny, 
definite nice diversion. Uh, the post credit was was goofy and and metatextual and yeah, it's good. Yeah, and it's available on streaming on HBO Max. So I'm planning to check it out here at some point. I just haven't gotten around to it. All right, on the thirtieth of July. Uh, and this is this is a sad in in in, in multiple ways because Pat Carroll passed away at age ninety five. Now you probably don't know that name, do you? I don't. That one I do not know. Ursula the Sea Witch is the most famous thing that I know. If she did, is being the voice of oh, Ursula. Okay. But she was a, a big, you know, done, did a lot of things in her past. Did a lot of things. Great, distinctive voice. Great, distinctive laugh. And all the people who are classic Disney fans were like, "Oh, Pat Carroll died." But then sure. that suddenly overshadowed when, oh no, Nichelle Nichols died at eighty nine, and everybody loved Uhura in Star Trek. Yes. So yeah. she like she got her death completely almost got forgotten on the same day that she died because you know, and I always know, I, I think it's Nichelle how you say that, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard different pronunciations, but I was always pretty sure it's Nichelle. It looks like Nichelle, but yeah, Uhura and that character meant so much to her and her time. And this is something we we say frequently. If you want to do a social thing where you want to like, we want to make this color of skin, you know, whatever, more of an acceptable thing. Don't make a big deal of it. Just there they are. They just happen to be there. They're part of a command crew. You want to have a strong female character? Don't make a big deal of it. Just stick her in there, a part of the command crew of a starship. Have her fill in her role with everybody else. Not trying to have an outshine anybody else. Just being there, part of the team. And we will love it. And Martin Luther King will tell you you're doing a great job when you when he meets your actress. That's how you do and, it. And Herman, uh, not Herman, uh... Yeah, no, Howard Hessman connection. Mm. She was on an episode of Head of the Class. Mm, mm. And, yeah. Yeah, uh, because they had they were doing, they had uh, eggs that they were carrying around and pretending to be children. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the whole, like, health class thing where yes. you're like, hey, this is what it's like to be a parent kind of thing. Yeah, 80s and, trope. Uh, he, yeah, he, the, the bigger character, I can't remember his name, but he took his egg to the Star Trek convention. Yeah. And, uh, and left it there. And then she comes in and brings it to the school uh, because uh, she he left it there. So, mm, yeah. goodness, but yeah, she she had a big impact on society with uh, playing a, an iconic role. And thank you, Gene Roddenberry, for knowing how to do it properly. Now, if only people <laughs> know. I'm trying to remember Howard Howard Hesman. I'm thinking Herman Hesse, uh, who wrote Siddhartha. So oh, okay. Don't know why he's in my head, but I don't anyway. know either. I have no idea. <laughs> So I was a I was a high school English teacher. So. Oh wow, my goodness! Yeah, I, I right. probably probably glad to be away from teaching. If it's anything like how my wife's getting tired of teaching, but anyways, yeah. Oh, so the next, I mean, it's been decades. It's <laughs> been a long time. So I also have another celebrity death that uh, I just figured out it was fair enough to mention. August fifth, Anne Heesh died at fifty three, fairly young. She it was in a I think a bad car accident, if I remember correctly. Uh, that passed away. Uh, I I can't necessarily think of much that she was in, other than some movie with Harrison Ford that I didn't see. I think I saw mm-hmm. at least something that she was in, but uh, yeah, I just feared to mention. Do you have any particular was memories she, of liking anything she did? Was she married to David Duchovny? Maybe, uh, but she was married to another woman for a while. I know. Uh, uh, wasn't didn't she have a relationship with Ellen DeGeneres even for a little while? I don't, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't like to follow the celebrity stuff like that because I prefer to watch their work than what they do because most of them are like, ugh. So, yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the next celebrity uh, death. You're right about Ellen, but I, I thought there was a David Duchovny. Maybe she was in a movie with him. I thought Probably. there was a David Duchovny connection. But anyway. 
August 7th, a name you might not necessarily recognize, Roger E. Mosley. I wish uh, Philip was on here with me. Uh, he passed away at age 83. He was TC on Magnum P.I. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch the whole don't recognize the name, yeah. but re- remember the role for sure. Yeah, Philip is a huge Magnum P.I. fan, but he wasn't able to join me today either. So <laughs> this was going to be at least a three, maybe a four-person show, but we've just been us two. <laughs> Instead, you get me. That's right. And we're two hours into a three-hour marathon episode, which hopefully you're all still hanging with us, right? All right. See, we're taking up half your workday, folks. We're doing you a favor. Now, th- okay, this next right. one. This name, of course. This hit me. This hit me. This was one of my first crushes when I was a little kid. August the 8th, Olivia Newton-John passed away at 73, and still some, two of my favorite songs, Xanadu and Magic. Whatever you think about the movie Xanadu, you cannot deny that the soundtrack has some great tunes on it. And that those were like two of my favorites. And if there, you know, that movie, definitely, there's always something good about something, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Olivia, Olivia <laughs> Newton-John, her hair in that one was very pretty. I liked how they styled her hair in that one. Uh <laughs> that was a tough movie to watch, though. Yeah, but the music is amazing. I, I really, I mean, because, you know, Electric Light Orchestra, come on. I mean, you know, yeah. that's, that's good stuff. Uh, and even so much that uh, for anyone who uh, has not recognized it, yes, we quote the song Xanadu in the opening of the show. All right, moving on to the next celebrity death. We're going to series of celebrity death again. Yay, August 12th, Wolfgang Peterson. And it's one of those guys that maybe you don't think of every movie of his that you know of, but you know a lot of them. He passed away at yeah. 81, director of The NeverEnding Story, The Perfect Storm, Poseidon, Troy, Air Force One, Outbreak, In the Line of Fire. Oh, I almost mentioned the next one, but that's a different That's a different <laughs> that's story. Not him. <laughs> that's not him. But, I, of course, the favorite one of those, The NeverEnding Story. I mean, come on. Whew. That's, that's, and I, I hear they want to try to remake it. Please don't. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. There's two sequels that show you how nobody else seems to get that right. Okay, that's a great, great movie. Let's be, let's be fair. The sequels were done overseas with <laughs> right. tax break money. I mean, <laughs> that is not. Yeah, that's not a case study right there. Right? Yeah, but the original movie was amazing. Uh, I mean, really, as a kid, you get on as an adult, you still enjoy it, but not as much as you do when you're a kid. When you're a kid, it really captures your imagination. But and it's still worth a watch. It's a it's a spectacle. I mean, the effects are dated and stuff, but you know, we all still want to have our own luck dragon. Let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> my, my my kids watched it because of the Stranger Things connection. Oh yeah, and they're like, thanks a lot, Dad, for not warning us about the horse. Oh goodness, yes. I'm not going to spoil the movie for yeah. you. Come yeah, on. that's true. Come Don't on. spoil it. Oh <laughs> my goodness. All right, moving on to my next big disappointment of the year on October or August 17th, the premiere of She-Hulk, and I love this character in the comics. And they, I got through one episode. And I said, I can't watch this. What did you do? What have you done to She-Hulk? <laughs> did you get any where past the first episode? I did. Now, here's the thing. I have to watch all of it because of my other podcast. Oh, so I'm welcome glad I didn't to level do a seven. Disney show again because then I would have probably felt like I was obligated then. Welcome to level seven. We <laughs> were doing every single episode of every single show. Oh, goodness. We've now decided because we started out as a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode every week. Yeah. We did an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Clearly um, with level seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with She-Hulk, we've gotten behind. And we're doubling up episodes now because we want to get through it. But th- there's problems for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and one of them is it's 
it's not but again it's not the premise that they promised which is law, law comedy you know yeah. i'm expecting i'm expecting superhero law comedy like the comics Mm-hmm. And they're giving me some of the stuff from the comics that I liked of the fourth wall breaking and yeah. things like that. Um, but it just it just for me, it falls flat. It's not perfect. It's not good. It's not it's not horrible, but it's just this kind of middle of the road where it's just, yeah, you know, it's a show and I watched it. And now I have to watch it again because I fall behind. And oh, so no. If I'm going to remember what it was to talk about it, I have to watch it again so this is one of the ones there are some funny moments don't get me wrong there are some funny moments Uh, but not in the first episode (laughs) Uh, but this is even where you know i'm not i've I've stated many times on the show how i was not a fan of a a lot of the stuff ken slot did to spider-man but his run on she-hulk i gotta say had some funny stuff i'd rather read the ken slot she-hulk comics than watch any more of that series (laughs) because he did some good stuff actually with the character and it was a lot of fun so uh, John Byrne and that's that's the run that is mm. my run of she That was the earlier and, runs. I need to what read yeah, that. Too. Yeah. Well that was I think second volume mm-hmm. and that's when they really got into the fourth wall breaking and her breaking through panels and things yeah. like that. Steve Gerber did a few issues of it where Howard the Duck um guest starred and those are actually the ones that that I read first and then I'm like oh this is funny and yeah. So and then the finale show is either the most audacious thing they could have done or the stupidest thing they could have done or both. <laughs> right. It, it, it could be both, but it definitely, I mean, they, they were swinging for the fences with the finale. Mm. Um, but whether it was a foul ball or a home run, that's that your mileage may vary. Yeah. But all I did appreciate is foul that. ball. Even people that were trying to enjoy the show were like, they, what in the world was this finale? What they just oh, do? when they got there at the finale, I was what, what's the word I want to use? Flabbergasted, maybe <laughs> gobsmacked. No, no, no. I actually really appreciated it, but it, in universe, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like it's just okay. So what does this mean for canon of the whole universe? At large, well, yeah. eh, but that they went there. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, they they've done things. I mean, Fantastic Four met God, and he was Jack Kirby. You know, <laughs> in, in comics, in comic continuity canon, they met God. It's Jack Kirby as an artist, oh, and goodness. you know, so it's not completely outside the realm of what Marvel has done. You know, but at the same time. There's ramifications where it's just like, yeah, okay, well, so yeah, all right. Uh, Next thing I have on the list, something else I didn't watch: Lord of the Rings, (laughs) the Rings of Power. I'd rather they actually just did the Cimmerillion instead of reinvent the wheel uh, and the name of turning Galadriel into a completely unlikable character. Did you bother? I not only bothered; uh, it was appointment television for me and my son, and. I enjoyed it. I really I wow. enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. I didn't hear I anything did. good I, about it the entire time. So I was like, mm. for, well, here's the deal. For me, it was fun every week to step back into that world. Uh, again, is it perfect? No, I did not have the problems that people were having with Galadriel. I was watching it and and I was been ages since I read Similarian. I have not reread it. Hobbit, I reread Every few years, Lord of the Rings, it's been, well, it's probably been a decade and a half since I've read Lord of the Rings again. But um, so for me, it, the, 
that canon was not fresh in my mind. But um, yeah, I just it was fun. It, it was slow moving and I kind of liked that. And I enjoyed visiting that world every week with my son. And yeah, I I, I did. I, I liked it quite a bit. Well, I'm glad you did. I, I heard enough stuff to where I was like, I think I'm going to skip this because I, I was like, I don't want to have to go through and be excited for something and be disappointed. So, oh, here's something you must have added in there. Fairy Tale by yeah, Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, this was a surprise hit. I actually uh, recently listened to it and um, I was actually surprised. This is kind of a sweet story and it was a fairy tale and it wasn't as mean spirited as Stephen King can be with his characters <laughs> sometimes. And, um, what is it? Is uh, this a book? I guess. New yeah. Book yeah. It was okay. a novel. And I was, uh, I was really trying to add more books to this because I've been reading a lot more this year, oh, but none of the books that I read this year have been books that came out this year, except for this one. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. There's some content stuff for sure. Um because yeah, it is Stephen, Stephen King, King language, especially. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I it's interesting. I feel like as he's gotten older, he's gotten a little more kind to his characters. <laughs> and, <laughs> um so yeah. So I thought oh, I'm gonna put this on the year year end review that, that we're doing here. So awesome. Well, see, it keeps the mixture. That's why I like having more people than just me. So, all right, <laughs> next thing I have is September the 7th. Queen Elizabeth died at age 96. Uh, me as an American, uh, I'm not, you know, it's not that big a deal to me. There's still Americans who are like, we'll follow up in the royal family. I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, long life in 96, you know, okay. They're really nothing more than figureheads over there uh, that they pay. I think they still give them tax money. I'm like, why? They don't do anything. You don't, They're not even in power. But, yep, Queen Elizabeth died at 96. But then, and here's the one that I had the unpopular opinion of actually having some fun with the Disney live oh, action okay. Pinocchio. <laughs> I haven't seen this yet. So, um, yeah. If, if you're a fan of the classic, maybe you don't want to watch it, I guess. Um I took a bit of a risk, and uh, I found some things to enjoy. I mean, it's not it's not great. Uh, but I found a few things uh, okay. to enjoy, and I found a few bits that were kind of cute, and I found a few things I could enjoy about it. And uh, uh, the Blue Fairy, she looked kind of weird being a bald lady, but the, oh my goodness, the actress, when she sang just a little bit of When You Wish Upon a Star, and uh, the way she sang it, she blew me away. And I was like, why aren't you letting her sing the whole song? She just gets a couple of lines out of it. I was like, oh, she's an amazing singer. Huh. And that part... That's what I think got me to continue watching. I was like, wow. Oh, please sing more of this, lady. I don't know who you are, but wow, that was really good. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff that's cute. There is some stuff like, why is he playing around with horse manure? Um, there, And then the ending, they botched the ending in the worst, stupidest way they could have. But there is some stuff that I, that you might find enjoyable. But I, I, I tell people, it, you got to take a risk if you want to watch it because it's not great. And I am definitely of the persuasion of Disney quit remaking the classics. Leave them alone. Stop it. Uh, they're driving me up the wall because they're, the remakes are never quite as good as the original. Occasionally, you do get something like Jungle Book, which was, you know, they add a little bit more of the actual book in there. And it was actually a pretty good movie uh, and uh, definitely worth it. But, yeah, the Pinocchio one, I'm, I'm of the rare guy that actually kind of liked it because the overall everybody was like oh what a stinker that one was i said i i found a few redeeming qualities but it's once again another movie that i'm gonna watch one time i had fun with it the first time but if i come back the second time i'm gonna be like oh gosh what a train wreck so <laughs> i will leave it alone all Ooh, right but now we got something fun 
Coming right. up uh, September the 21st and talking about a story that took its time to develop. But by the time we got towards the end of Andor, holy cow, I w- it was intense. I was edge of my seat like <gasps> I was gripping, man. Oh, Because it, it, it was slow and I was a little, it took me a while to kind of catch up on the episodes. I was kind of like, this is not bad. This is this is good. But I don't know. That's not It's not getting my attention. But as the more you watch it, the more you're like, oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And then, whoa, that it just, it's like. It's like watching a fuse on a stick of dynamite that you don't realize yeah, a stick yeah. of dynamite is coming, but you're watching this fuse like, hmm, that fire's kind of interesting. Let's just keep watching that. And then you realize there's a big stick of dynamite. Then kaboom, what a way to finale. Wow. Well, there but, were what, 12 episodes? Oh, uh, I, I, I don't know. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a other, lot. Uh, other Star Wars series. The second season that is guaranteed this oh, time. Yeah. Yeah, another yeah. 12 episodes. Woo. And then, of course, the final uh, i mean they end this with a movie you know so yeah it's season one season two and then rogue one yeah. and um I'm, I'm waiting for him to meet the alan tudyk character <laughs> yeah yeah and and he's supposed supposed to be season two yes uh he was supposed to be season one when they were first talking about things but mm-hmm. it didn't happen um no i i agree about the fuse that's a great analogy for that mm-hmm. and i just again this is uh my son and i appointment television um we were both getting into it this is in my opinion, one of the best sci-fi TV shows in a long, long time. And they built a world that is a familiar world because it's the Star Wars universe. And it definitely feels like that, but it also feels like it's new and fresh in some of these places. They don't go to Tatooine at all. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, it, it just, I... I was wanting to, you know, I wanted the next episode. Every time the episode would end, I'd be a little bit disappointed. I wanted to see what's going to happen next. The only thing I wish they would have changed is somebody didn't need to cuss in Star Wars. <laughs> I can I can see that. Yeah. Uh, was, one of the things I did love, though, was um, they actually spent time, like, with the one character and his mother. You know, it's just like he's <laughs> right. just there and his mother's nagging him yes. to get a job. And it was like, holy cow, this is – we're. This is not Star Wars, but this is Star Wars. Yeah. I, I knew it was going somewhere. I was waiting for it. I was like, this is going somewhere. I know this is going somewhere. We're following this character for a reason. So Yeah, and you trusted it too. That's the thing. Yes. The way it was so well done early on mm-hmm. that you trusted that everything they're doing is for a reason. Yep. And and it was. Even like at the beginning, you have the 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 world building and you have the guy who's clanging the metal with oh, his hammers. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, this is cool world building that they're doing. But then he's important. That's Mm -hmm, important mm -hmm. later on. You know, it's not just a here's an interesting little tidbit of the world that you're visiting. It's a here's, you know, it's it's Chekhov's uh, hammer banger. (laughs) You know, you put the rifle on Chekhov's Chekhov's gun. You put the gun on the wall in the first act. You got to use it in the third. Mm -hmm. They did that all over the place here. And. Just it just was so good, and it built helps to build that intensity as things are coming to that boiling point. And you just know here it comes as that all the pieces are coming together on the same chessboard. And you're like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then it all just wow. And then I, but then you Oof. have my friend who's like, every episode is something going to happen. 
<laughs> when is something happening? There's nothing happening. Yeah. And I did. Well, I, I complained a few times. Like, I feel like I'm getting the same episode of like, we don't trust this guy, but we got to do this heist. I don't trust you, but we're going to do this heist. Uh-huh. I really don't trust you, but we're going to do this heist. Then finally we had the heist. I'm like, well, that was pretty good. Cool. I liked that. Well, all right. So what What, what, what you got for me but next? we're not like, done. But, you know, we're not done. It's like, okay. Oh, hey, now we're in prison. Oh, well, that's an interesting twist. I wonder what's going to happen here. And then that's when Andy Circus showed up and I was like, okay, now I'm in. Andy yeah. Circus. Andy Circus. What's he doing here? And, yeah, and and that's also kind of referencing and and riffing on the THX eleven thirty eight style of mm. of mm. world, you know, where you've got that very white. Yeah, you know, everyone's wearing white. The backgrounds are white, and it just, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, again, it just was a very well crafted sci fi. TV show, yeah, but it just it really picked up when they got into the prison because it's, you know because things started picking up outside of the prison and then inside mm-hmm. the prison and you just see the buildup of what's really going on with this prison and then the, I love the little tag on the side. Oh, you were wondering what they were building? Here it is. <laughs> yeah. And my son and I talked about that a couple times. Like, what could it be that they're working on? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't look like anything, right? You know, but. But in, my, in the back of my mind, it was, I mean, they're part of the war engine, you know, yeah. like no matter what they are doing work for the empire that is causing, you know, that that's building the strength of the empire. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I just, wow. Again, great series, great series. All righty. So now uh, moving on to the next thing, September the 22nd, uh, the original, I think the original, no, they might not have been the originators, but I remember them performing. I didn't realize that they had ever performed it, but uh, Jesus is just all right with me. Uh-huh. The Doobie Brothers, their drummer, Jack Hartman, passed away at 72, which I think I gained a greater appreciation of the Doobie Brothers having worked at a classic rock station for about three years. Uh, and getting to hear a lot of Doobie Brothers. And there was some, definitely some talent in there, but I didn't realize, because I'm used to the DC talk version of Jesus is just all right, that suddenly I hear the Doobie Brothers saying, like, hey, cool, I know that song. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Uh, I can't think of the other songs that they had, but those are the ones that pop out. I've got uh, a collection of some of their stuff on my computer here, though, I know. Uh, but I, for some reason, I'm not thinking yet of any of it. So, yeah, any Doobie Brothers songs jumping out in your head? Just Jesus is still all right, or just all right. <laughs> yeah. DC Talk was still all right. Yeah. And the and Doobie Brothers was just all right. Yeah. I think. Something like that. Yeah. Well, moving on to, it uh, surprised me. I didn't realize this had happened until I was doing my research. September the 28th, Coolio passed away at 59. Yeah. So, I uh, can't say I was a huge fan of his, but we all know Gangsta's Paradise and the infamous story yeah, you of couldn't, did he you approve. you could not escape that. Yeah. Uh, did he approve of Weird Al's uh, Amish Paradise or not? You know, that infamous story. But yeah, and known also for that crazy hair and uh, being pretty mm-hmm. talented. I'm not really into rap music, but that song, you couldn't escape it. So, and then two days later, uh, another one of my big disappointments. But I, I don't know, as we got closer, I was like, still thinking, it's like, you know what? I didn't need a sequel to this. I mean, as much as I love the original, I just have a bad feeling about this. Hocus Pocus 2, I could not finish watching it. There, I know there's people who liked it. I could not finish watching it. It was such an attempt to re-spin the jokes from the first one. They really didn't know what to do with themselves. Uh, it was... Uh, uh, I, Did you try to watch this train wreck? Didn't even start it. No, I I don't like the first one. Oh, okay. Well, then I, you definitely I, wouldn't I, like this one. Yeah. No, there's no way I was going to touch that one. Yeah. So The first one has got its funny moments, but they just tried to repeat the jokes. And it's like, yeah, it's not working for me. Not working for me. So, 
All right, so the next thing, we'll move on to October the 4th. Country music legend Loretta Lynn passed away at 90, the coal miner's daughter herself. Yeah. So, and I, I think the only other big thing I know, I think she has an appearance on The Muppet Show uh, that I recall. Uh, she anyways, did, yeah. Yep. Advancing two but days. they all did. Like, every, everyone back in the 70s did that. Yes. Advancing two days and something, I was like, let me see what this is. I don't know if I'll be a fan of this, but holy cow, this one shot, Werewolf by Night, October the 5th. I loved this. This was This was fun. my birthday present from Disney. <laughs> I am a huge, huge fan of Swamp Monsters mm-hmm. and comic book Swamp Monsters especially. I've got a shelf right here that you can't see that is just, it's this. Wow. It's it's giant. I mean, this is the the omnibus edition of Swamp Thing. I mean, I I just uh, oh, yeah, I, I'm Swamp a huge, Thing and Man huge, Thing. <laughs> yep, and the heap, and mm, uh, wow. you know, I, in general, here's my classic Swamp Monsters. Oh my public domain Comics, and I, the whole shelf is all Swamp Monster comics. Wow. I have written. I'm a comic book writer. I've done a lot of Bible comics and Neat. I work for Marvel and Zondervan and Image. The one thing that I haven't done yet that I want to do, it doesn't have to be one of these characters, but I want to do a Swamp Monster comic. I just <laughs> haven't gotten a chance to do it. And that's that's one of my life dreams. Anyway, love the characters. Love Man-Thing as a character isn't the greatest character, but his stories are wonderful because of how they use him as a character. And so with Werewolf by Night, when I found out Man-Thing was going to appear in Werewolf by Night, I was so excited. Yeah, I didn't know he was coming until he showed up. I was like, Man-Thing! Well, I, I had heard it in in some like news stories or whatever, um, you know, geek news. But they had already in Agents of Shield. Um, Maria Hill had a line that was she was coming out of a, a congressional investigation, and she's like, "They have all these questions about the like who or what is a man thing." So, mm. man thing has been in the M since then, hmm. and and Ragnarok there was the statue or the building that had heads on it. Um, mm. carvings and, and one of them was of Man-Thing and, yeah. uh, so Man-Thing existed in the MCU but this is the first time to see him as a character and but then the whole Universal Monsters style oh, yes. of filming and the music and it just so much fun so, so much, much fun, fun. The, yeah. the way that they did the the color and the black and white um, you know did the whole riffing on on, uh, on Wizard of Oz and mm-hmm. yeah just just great, great stuff. I really enjoyed this. Yep. Had a great time. I wish it was more than just a one shot. So sort of like the one shot Christmas thing we we're going to talk about here uh, a little bit. Yeah, I think I have. Uh, yeah, I got it marked down. Oh, good, good, good. But now there, that you've there. mentioned writing some Bible comics, I'm kind of wondering if I actually have some of it. So I'm going to because I've got uh, I've got a few things. So I'm now wondering. It's like maybe if you, if you got anything by Kingstone. I then... do. I believe so. Yeah. Right. So the Kingstone Bible I worked on and yeah. All right. Um, Entertain the folks for a second. I got to go check. I think I do have it. Hang on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I've worked on um, George R. R. Martin's The Hedge Knight. That was my big break into the industry, um, which is, you know, prequel to uh, a Game of Thrones. But then that was what allowed me to do some of the other comic book stuff that I've worked on. And... I can't. I'm not sure how much I'm supposed to vamp and riff right now, but um, yeah. So that that's me. I'm a children's pastor by day and a comic book writer by night. So and he's back. 
Well, let me just show you this. All right. I don't think I've read it yet. This look familiar to you? <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> I just saw the sign. It's like, Ben Avery, holy cow. So, yep. yeah, I actually have some of your work here. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I don't think I've read it yet. I've, I've, I've like, I got a bunch of stuff. That I, I, I've got a lot of comics I'm really behind on reading. I've even got some of the Action Bible uh, that they did, and I haven't read through all of it yet. I've even got, like, some side ones and stuff. But, oh, my goodness. Well, looky there. Yeah, yeah. So that book right there, every disciple gets a chapter to themselves. Um, mm. To this kind of their life story. And some of them are three pages. And, like, Peter is 32 pages. So, yeah. It's called the some 12, that, y'all, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did write a Judas chapter. They said, we don't want Judas. Uh, well, we're going to. We're gonna have a chapter about his replacement. I was like, oh, okay, all right, okay, I, I I can understand that. Yeah. Well, so moving on though, that's very interesting. <laughs> Learned something I didn't know while we were here. How about that? All right, well, now this is a big one. October the eleventh, we dedicated an entire show for her. Angela oh, Lansbury really? passed away at ninety six. Because uh, I mean, she did so much, uh, and but you know, of course, as as Disney fans, you know, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, oh, I, yep. <laughs> that's not where I went with it. I was going to go to Bed Dogs and Broomsticks. Bed Dogs and Broomsticks. Yes, yeah, yes. We go back that far. That's, I guess, my uh, An- Angela Lansbury reference for yep. for Disney. That's a, that's a good one. That's going to, uh, but you know, singing the main song on Beauty and the Beast and Beauty. And the Be- I, you know, I like Bed Dogs and Broomsticks, but I love Beauty and the Beast. So <laughs> it's known for so much because I remember uh, the only thing I knew from her when I was a kid was Grandma loved to watch Murder She Wrote. Yes. And, uh, yes. Uh, and I haven't really watched it. I need to sit down. But yeah, Phillips has been watching a lot of a lot of murder she wrote lately. I really wish my microphone stand would quit doing that to me. Pardon me, all for making some extra noises trying to fix my microphone. It keeps it's like the screw is loose or something here, and it just turns away from me. I bet I can tighten that at some point. Oh look, I have a penny right here. I bet it will tighten everything up. So I'm going to do that while we move on to the next big event, and this gets tied to some kind of crazy fun stories. So October twenty first. Black Adam. Oh, no, that's Black Adam. There we go. Tighten it up. I actually had a lot of fun with this. I think this seems to be a mixed uh, bag for some people. Some people enjoyed it and some people didn't. I had fun. Uh, I liked it. But the thing is, I liked most when Black Adam was not on the screen. (laughs) And so, like, Dr. Fate's whole story arc, his his character arc was great. I liked uh, Adam Smasher. I liked all the other characters. I'm like, oh, I'm really into them. Then Black Adam, uh, okay. I will say this, though. The Rock fits the character. Like, he is Black Adam in the same way that I think, like, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and Christopher Mm. Reeve as Superman. Like, this is just... Or uh, Robert Downey Jr. as as Iron Man. Like, he just was made to play that character. But I just, I'm not a huge fan of villains as heroes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this just, you know, he's a murdering murderer who murders. And, <laughs> well, they've and, changed him apparently. And uh, that's, we actually had to do an entire, uh, you know, background checking like how they, they reinvented the character over mm-hmm. more recent years to make him more of an anti-hero than uh, the, the typical villain. But I just want to see him fight Shazam, you know? I know this is <laughs> what, why was it uh was it spoiler at the end instead of Shazam at the end? Like I, yeah. come on. But they're teasing, they're just waiting. You know, we got another Shazam movie that I'm looking forward to because I absolutely adore the first one. 
it was great. Yep. It was great. But this is this should have been its own self-contained universe of of Shazam characters instead of uh, this bigger DCEU world building that isn't going anywhere or isn't going to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, now it's not going anywhere because uh, somebody decided he wanted to shut it all down. Thank you, James. Gunn. Talk about cliffhangers that aren't going to be resolved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goodness sakes. But I had fun with it. But the the real action as uh, the night that we went to see it is that's when I uh, I was when I was driving Philip back to his place. Uh, we stopped over by a thrift way off of Brighton to pick up some stuff. When I came out of there, didn't realize the curb came out into the middle of the street where it shouldn't, and I popped two tires and we got stuck in the middle of the night oh. there uh, waiting for two tires to get fixed. So yeah, now I'm always gonna remember that night with that movie. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> one spare. You don't have one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not when you got two tires busted and uh, nope, flat, that's a you're stuck. Yeah. But on the 25th of October, we lost to Jules Bass at age 87 uh, <sighs> of, of the famous Rankin Bass. Uh, he, Him and, and, and Arthur Rankin's work. My goodness. Come on, microphone. Quit turning. Or it's not the microphone so much. It's my stand that keeps turning my microphone away from me, and I just cannot get it to behave. It's like the weight of my microphone's too much. Okay, but anyways, yeah, so the impact he had on on animation, really, uh, stop motion. I mean, they made stop motion cool again, and uh, with some, I was even watching a nice little special thing on YouTube that somebody put, I think, uh, Secret Galaxy, he did it. Yeah, that was great. Some history of Rankin Bass. Uh, Learned so much stuff about where they went to go study up on it, but really, some of the great animation that we've gotten since then is really because of people looking back to Rankin Bass uh, and what they did. It also changed how holiday specials Yes, worked and operated, and you know yeah. be, that was kind of kickstarting Grinch, Charlie Brown, mm-hmm. all these these annual favorites. It and and they Rudolph. were the ones they yeah. they jumped out with Rudolph and mm-hmm. just, yeah, and I love yeah. them all. I love them all. I sw- I don't think I've seen every single Rankin Bass ever uh, movie or because they did more than one movie apparently. Because I I've seen the uh, Mad Monster Party movie finally last year. That's fun. Uh, but apparently they did uh, some other feature-length stuff that was mentioned in there. I was like, oh, my goodness. I did yeah. not realize this existed. Well, and The Hobbit. So the animated oh, yes. Hobbit. That one. I mean, mm-hmm. as soon as I mentioned The Hobbit, songs get stuck in my head. Mm, so yes. I shouldn't have done it, but I have now. <laughs> so 15 birds who haven't any wings. So what shall we do? Maybe I can get a different like song that. in your head while I mention Thundercats. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I didn't actually watch that show on its initial loops. run because I was out. By the time it was on, I wanted to go out and play. You know, as a kid, so I didn't really watch its original run. But I've been, I've been watching it on Hulu a bit. So, but they, they, Rankin Bass, they definitely left a lasting imprint mm-hmm. on just kids. I mean, in, yeah. in general. Yep. So. And now, as adults, if we have kids, we share them with our kids. Like, oh my, I loved this as a child. You're, you're gonna love this. Yep. This is great. So before there was computer animation doing 3D, here's like some real. This is 3D. Real puppets. So uh, then another death I need to mention. I don't want to get too far in because he's had a very controversial life. But Jerry Lee Lewis passed away at age 87 on October the 28th, known mainly for Great Balls of Fire, which is convenient to mention with Top Gun Maverick being in there because (laughs) that song is pretty prominent in both Top Gun movies. But I'll move it along. Uh, we don't need to talk about him marrying his uh, younger cousin or anything. Yes. Moving on. It's November. Look, we've almost, <laughs> we're almost we three hours. we got two months to go. And we got two months to go. But uh, November the 4th, 
And I thought this was going to be fun. And I, I when I saw some previews, I was like, he's going to make fun of biopics, isn't he? And then I watched it. Weird, uh, weird. The Al Yankovic story was hilarious and how it made fun of all this stuff. And I even, want to see it. Oh, my goodness. It's, if you got a Roku device, it's free. And uh, it takes a really ridiculous left turn at one point that you're like, where is this movie going? This is ridiculous. <laughs> it is hilarious because you see him making fun of nearly every biopic that you've ever seen in your life. And, you know, not giving a little bit of truth to Weird Al and, and some of his story, but turning it all on its ridiculous head to just make it funny, to make his as if his life was controversial and drug and alcohol ridden, which it actually wasn't at all. Uh, but yeah, having fun and and, uh, I don't want to spoil the ending, but they even do an ending like uh, that makes him able to write a very hilarious song in the credits. Like, how did I write this song if I'm dead? And, and stuff like that, basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they treat it like it's a biopic where the guy is not there anymore. But, you know, spoiler yeah, warning. Okay. Sorry. But I don't think I've ruined the joke for you because you should see this the ridiculous ending. Uh, great. Oh, fun. Uh, I expect it to pop up in some other streaming services maybe at some point or at least on uh, uh, unavailable for purchase somewhere. Uh, it's just funny, 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 funny movie. And all the different people that get to play characters that are pop up, like, you know, Pee Wee Herman showing up. Uh, Tiny Tim oh, shows up. Nice. R- uh, Rain Wilson <laughs> as Dr. Demento. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was- I, I really... I- there's, the only reason I haven't seen it is because I just haven't gotten around to trying oh, to track it down. So It's on the Roku channel. Oh, I just passed by. I forgot to mention Judy Tenuta had passed away in October at age 72. I only remember she was pretty funny. Hey, pigs! You know, she was a very funny comedian with her uh, accordion. I'll, I'll go ahead and mention that because I, I wrote it down after I saw that she had okay. passed away. All right, um... Here's something I intended to watch still on Netflix, but I didn't realize it was in theaters. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and this apparently is the only Pinocchio you really need to watch this year. Uh, Philip has been kind of leaving review over on the podcast overall. He enjoyed it. Did you get a chance to watch this one? I haven't, but I really want to see it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some of the concept art or maybe some stills from the movie, but the Blue Fairy just looks amazing. And I, I just, yeah, I'm... Uh, I want to see it. I, I really the way I want to do it is to watch and you 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 might have caused me to not do this, but I want to watch the Disney live action Pinocchio <laughs> and then this one as a double feature uh. and and just, you know, allow the one to raise the other. And, <laughs> Well, if you but yeah, if you I, watch one that's terrible, then you watch one that's really good. You're like, yeah, this is amazing. Exactly. Exactly. So, but might work. I don't know how it will compare to the original, uh, you know, Disney film. Of course, the Di- the Disney film is really almost nothing like the book. Uh, so <laughs> this one I hear is some of the book, but really a lot of reinvention. But I, okay. anyways, I want to check it out because I looked impressed. I looked impressed. Wow, that doesn't even make sense. Okay. Did you ever? Did you ever see the Drew Carey Pinocchio? I don't think I did. <laughs> it's not. It was a made-for-TV movie. It's not great, but it was. It was okay. It was okay. Did, did the job. All right. Did the job. Yeah. I did remember seeing one when uh, when HBO used to have a thing where they did fairy tale theater or something like that. They had Pee Wee Herman as Pinocchio. Nice. That nice. one was actually kind of fun. Uh, I liked it. So, oh, okay. There it is. I was about to say it's not showing up. The next this article I want to be able to look at. Okay, there we go. Uh, but we go one day after that on November the tenth, and we lost Kevin Conroy at age sixty six, who will forever be the greatest Batman. Actor. Now he's not a live action Batman actor. So, well, I guess he did get right, to do a live right. action in uh, the did. Crisis on Infinite Earth. Um, he did and he wasn't? <laughs> that wasn't a great 
variation of the character, but I didn't see it. He, he, he got too convoluted by the time we got to that point, and I started watching an arrow. Suddenly, like, wait a minute, this is starting to get ridiculous. Like, how come that guy just didn't shoot him? He was right there. He just stand there and waited for Arrow to punch him. Or you know, yeah. So I, I started like this. This is somewhere it's falling apart. Flash fell apart for me, and I just quit watching their 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 movie their shows. So, but Kevin Conroy passed away. Still my favorite Batman as far as voices. So he was fantastic. But something else that I wanted to pull up because I wanted to look up what all happened with Masters of the Universe this year, uh, like what all toy releases because we had a few more waves and a 40th anniversary of Masters of the Universe. Uh, and I've already discussed that you know they did release at the, the San Diego Comic Con. There's the only place you could get the two pack where you could get both the He Man and Skeletor that were. Um, what are these, like nine inches tall, and you can get a Skeletor and a He-Man. I, I'm waiting for a Skeletor, hopefully to get released, but I did get the He-Man. I've got a, a She-Ra of this size, a Hordak now. Uh, but we've had a 40th anniversary from Warnet Masters Universe, and uh, they've got even some re-releases the second wave. I've, the only 40th anniversary I think I have on my wall over there is I've got, I picked up Mantana uh, this past week that I found at Target. Uh, but uh, they, they've actually finally put the Master Universe muscles into the, well, as the article says, this Master Universe muscles into National Toy Hall of Fame. On November 10th, 2022, Masters of the Universe took their place of honor in the National Toy Hall of Fame. So this is pretty awesome, and we've got a lot of new new toys. I mean, He-Man is flat out back. And, uh, you know, sure, you've got a Netflix uh, computer animated series that I, uh, hopefully the kids are enjoying. And I couldn't – I tried to watch one episode, and I was like, this isn't the He-Man I grew up with. I'm not – I can't get into this. Uh, and But I did enjoy the Revelation series, and we are, we are hearing that there will be a third so that, series. That so, is the one He-Man figure I have is Moss Man. Oh, you got the Moss Man? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, – it was – on Amazon for less than ten dollars, and I'm like, that's a great looking swamp monster. Yeah, it is. So oh, there you go. He's a swamp monster. Yeah. Perfect for you. Yeah, that's so pretty much my, what's covered. My one He-Man action. <laughs> that's pretty much what's covered in my desk. Is I've got the uh, Revelation version of He-Man and Skeletor, and I've got the 40th anniversary classic He-Man here, and 40th anniversary classic She-Ra. Although this She-Ra is based more off the animated series, uh, as, as well as the Hordak that I got for Christmas from my wife is more off the animated series, and then uh, also here on my desk. Uh, Philip got me uh, the ultimate version of Hulk Hogan and Mr. T as they looked at WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania. Nice. <laughs> Have them right here on my desk, along with Batman and Superman and, of course, variations of Mickey Mouse all over the place, Ninja Turtles here and Spider-Man there and Grogu over there. I, yeah, I, all my desk is covered. It's amazing I get any work done over here. So, yes, and I have a wide collection of He-Man figures now. All right, next thing, another passed away. Gallagher passed away at 76 on the 11th of November. Uh, great uh, smart aleck prop comic. Uh, he 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 would make you think about some of the silly things we do as people, yeah. as well as using ridiculous props to get a laugh. And you know what? He'll smash a watermelon better than anyone will smash a watermelon. And uh, <laughs> he was really he, you know he's no morally for, for mainly for smashing the stuff. But when you actually get into his comedy, it's so smart and clever, and really makes you look at stuff. He's got an entire thing where he pull out a school desk and he sits there. There, it's like, all right, you get into kindergarten, you're trying to learn the English language, and you start with numbers. What? Where is the what in one? We have one. Okay, well, we don't know. We'll just move on. Two. Wait a minute. Now there's a what you don't need. Let's take that what and put it over on one where it belongs. But now that two means it's an entirely different word. 
So, but yeah, he 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 pointed a finger at all the ridiculous stuff about life, and that's what made him so funny. And then he would pull out and bust a watermelon. So, right. Yeah. Now here's the surprise <laughs> hit. Uh, well, I'm calling it a surprise hit, although a lot of people have a lot of expectation. I was like, please don't be bad. Please don't be bad. November seventeenth, the Christmas Story Christmas. The, yeah, which I haven't watched yet. So actually worth I'm watching. Very excited to. Yes, actually worth watching. Uh, gets all the warm feels going again. Not as good as the classic Christmas Story, but good. And then, of course, we covered that in pretty well in a few episodes ago. Da- Jason David Frank, at, a- at age 49, passed away on November the 19th. Now, I was not a Power Ranger fan. I think I was just too old for it. And I, when I looked at it, I said, this is Voltron and Ninja Turtles with Jurassic Park thrown in. Uh, but uh, Jason David Frank actually turned out to be a good Christian man. We talked about that. Started his own Christian MMA group and stuff like that. Uh, unfortunately, also suffered from depression. And uh, I already gave my nice speech that don't le- ever let anyone tell you that Christians cannot suffer from depression it can happen and uh, it can get that bad where he did take his own life it's very very sad so no matter what you are you know tell somebody talk to somebody get help get the medication you need because you can't control some chemicals that go on in your head you need help with some medication to do it so and he i don't know if he was on any medication but uh, yeah that's it's a very sad thing but don't let anybody tell you that we can't feel depressed or or have mental problems it happens to everybody so all right, so next thing. Oh, wait, I had another thing on there, uh, but I haven't gotten to catch up on anything. But also on the same day, Days of David Frank died was also in Disenchanted, uh, released on Disney+. Plus. I still haven't gotten around to watching it. Philip really loved it. And then Mickey, Story of a Mouse, which I've been intending to watch also. And uh, mm. Philip enjoyed, but he said there was a few things he didn't like, but overall enjoyed. Did you get a chance to see any of those? No, I haven't. Okay. I haven't. So we'll move right on to something else I didn't watch on November the 23rd. Well, Strange World, I'm not going to watch. I've heard enough about it that I don't want to. Moving on. <laughs> we'll put it out that we don't want to get it because let's face it, Disney has flat out said that they have agendas that they're trying to teach. And uh, this was a movie that shoved as many agendas as they could into one movie. And like, I, I don't want agendas shoved at me. I want you to tell me a good story. And this one gave two big ones for the price of one, which is why I think they didn't market it very much because they're like, this is not going to go over well. And, you know, there are a few people I saw on Facebook was like, I kind of liked it. But a lot of people like, what did you do, Disney? What have you done? I was amazed how quickly it was on Disney Plus, though. Yeah. I mean, it just in and out, not in and out of yeah. theaters. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Sort of like Encanto, which Encanto I didn't really care for either. It was OK, but there I had some problems with it. It's just like, wait a minute. Did they not think about this before they wrote this? So, yeah. Disney's just not, you know, their animated features that I used to get so excited for. I'm now like, oh, hmm. I was kind of excited because uh, the about, Strange World looked like it was going to be good. But then after I, you know, heard some read some reviews, I was like, oh, what they do. Well, those teaser trailers were just like, here's a world. Vagueness, and it's yes. weird and, and uh, intriguing and... And then the story, when I, and I don't want to spoil any story stuff, but uh, after I heard what the whole story of what really was, I was like, really? 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 Did Greta Thunberg write this? Anyways. <laughs> so moving on to something that was actually good. On November the 24th, our one-shot Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I was hooked from the moment they had the song where they messed up Christmas in the song <laughs> and you got Star-Lord yes. going, guys, no, 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 no. Santa's not going to kill you <laughs> if you don't leave him cookies. <laughs> I was yeah. laughing through the entire thing. 
This was so much fun. And even getting Kevin Bacon in there and still got you right in the feels by the end of it. Nice job, everybody that worked on that one. Just delightful. Mm -hmm. Just fun. Yeah, this is this is one I could see myself watching every year. Yep. Definitely. And yeah, definitely. Partially because it's short. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that helps. You can that just helps. watch I mean, it. And Iron Man three is the other MCU uh, Christmas thing, and that's longer. And then Hawkeye. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. six or seven episodes of Hawkeye, but forty five minute Guardians of the Galaxy. I could do that every year. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. All right, next thing I have on my list, and uh, I can't see what day it's on, but oh yeah, Willow was released on streaming, Willow. and uh, I watched 20 minutes of it and gave up. And we talked about that yep. earlier. So episode. we'll just move on to the next thing. This this one impacted. Uh, is this Christmas isn't Christmas until I hear Bob McGrath singing, uh, if this isn't a true blue miracle, I don't know what one is. Bob McGrath passed hmm. away at 90, and, uh, and I was even talking to the news director at the TV station I work at about, I saw the footage of his funeral at the, this, you know, this nice church, and the choir stopped to sing, sing, sing a song, which Bob McGrath oh. wrote. I, I couldn't watch the whole thing. I was like, oh, mm, oh, oh, okay. Oh, that was nice. <gasps> breathe, breathe. So, <laughs> yeah, it, oh, it, it broke me. I was like, it was kind of like, if you ever watched some of Jim Henson's uh, funeral and they come out and they're singing, um, it's not easy being green. And, oh, okay, I got to move on. <laughs> but Bob McGrath, yeah. one of those people of Sesame Street that I grew up with as a little kid. Uh, Again, he, these are people who are like that Mr. Rogers kind of a thing where yes. they're just these loving presences yes on on the television every day mm -hmm. and they are stable um you know in those years where you needed stability and for some people that was the only stability that they had in their life was like to turn on the tv and see mr rogers or to yeah. see these people on sesame street and yeah. um yeah and and then for me my children they watch sesame street you know yeah <laughs> yeah that was slightly different but yeah. there's some of those same faces and i'm like oh this yeah. this uncle kind of character is still there being you know an uncle to my kids so yeah yeah and what's fun is you can still watch those old episodes on hbo max i like that sometimes i'll yeah. sit there and watch them just like oh the feel goods the feel goods mm -hmm. yeah all right and the very next day on december the 5th we lost kirstie alley at age 71 what a Zany life she had, but she was very entertaining from, I think the first thing I remember her for was Star Trek. Star uh, Trek 2. Star Trek 2. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, uh, of course, on Cheers, and then uh, Look Who's Talking. <laughs> uh, and then I think, she didn't she do a reality show like Fat Actress, where she tried to make fun of herself or she'd gained weight and then was trying to lose weight and then gain weight and lose weight, but... Yeah, uh, and and she was Weight Watchers, and then she did mm -hmm. her own weight loss program. And on those commercials, she's definitely like... Not taking herself too seriously, yeah. but taking the problem seriously. You know, right. it's like, this is something that I've been working on. And yeah. Yep. But I'll, she'll always be Savick to me. Yeah. That's, that's just yep one of the greats as far as movies go. And she was definitely a big part of that. And so. then some silly reason they recast Savick in the third movie. Because <laughs> Kirstie Alley didn't want to be Savick anymore. Oh. And so Robin Curtis gets brought in. And I la actually... I like Robin Curtis as well. She was yeah. good in, in three. Um, she was only in five minutes of Star Trek four. <laughs> right. That um, <laughs> they were actually they were thinking about having her be pregnant hmm. uh, with with Spock's baby because of Star Trek three. Hmm. But um, that subplot was caught was cut. So. Hmm. 
All right. Well, the next big December event uh, that I at least have to bring it up, December 16th, was Avatar The Way of Water. Some people were so, super looking forward. Some of us didn't bother with the first one. So I was like, eh. <laughs> but you're looking forward I, to this. So, you know, go have fun. I uh, I want to see it. And here's the thing about the first one. Way back, I mean, we're talking 12 years ago, 13 years ago, whenever the first one came out. That's one of the first things I ever podcast about. Uh. And I remember it was my it was my co-host for Strangers and Aliens and I. It was a we call it the crossover nexus, I think, or crossover, comic book crossover or something like that. Um, and it's, it doesn't exist anymore. We only did like four or five episodes. Mm. And um, and we argued about Avatar. Because I went and saw it and was just blown away by this 3D experience. And my co-host was Steve was just, but it was the story was so dumb. The story yeah. was like and this. That's and pretty I, much I what I've like, heard yeah, is like it was, was a spectacle, here in this, but then the story in this bad. world. And yeah. but it was one of those, like you were saying, I was never gonna go back to it because I was right? never going to replicate that 3D experience of the big screen. Now I have two weeks ago I watched it with my son on our big screen TV uh, which didn't quite replicate the experience but was good enough because I was anticipating watching the sequel um, and re-watching it I was forgiving of the story but at the same time it was just kind of yeah this is not a great story but yeah. that's part of what it does it's not existing for the story it's existing for the spectacle right. and the message. Yeah. Those are the two things it exists for. Yeah. And, and, and I don't always agree. I, I frequently don't agree with James Cameron on his messages, including his one saying that we need to wipe out all of our uh, masculinity and testosterone needs to be exterminated. Yeah. I, he's lost me entirely now. <laughs> but it, I do want to see the, the next one. Uh, when I went and saw, was it Wakanda Forever? I had to see it in 3D because that was the only show I could see it in. Oh, I forgot uh, to put that on the list. Oh, so did I. Yeah. Wow. I um, haven't seen it yet, though, because I, I, after I, I get in some mixed reviews, I'm like, I'll wait for Disney Plus. I'll watch it there. I love the first well, one. but So the trailer for Avatar, The Way of the Water, mm -hmm. the 3D was just astounding. Just astounding. And then you watch the whole Wakanda Forever movie, and it's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's a 3D <laughs> conversion. Uh, um, but that trailer, like, there's the one, it's just stuck with me still. Is There's just fish swimming through the, the water, and it's, the 3D is amazing. And it's, so, yeah. I don't know if I'll see it in 3D or not, but the first one, that was really the only yeah. great thing about it was it the was technology. Yeah. yeah. But when I heard, like, the names, oh, it's an unobtainium. Okay. And I, I, I can't, Get into a m many movies where they decide all humans are bad guys, and they're making trying to make it a point about oh, it's all about you evil colonizing white people. What? Wait, what? No, I don't want to be insulted because of, you know when I go into a movie. So I, you know, they they lost me when I heard what the first movie turned out to be about. And I was like, oh, and it looked like it was going to be amazing, and then I realized, oh, no, maybe uh, this is James Cameron's pulpit. And with I can't the, with do the first it. one. I avoided trailers. I avoided commercials. <laughs> I remember being at my grandparents' house watching a football game and a commercial started and I left the room and I was just like, I don't want to know anything about this movie. I just know it's technology yeah. and spectacle. I'm, and that's all I want to yeah. know. But um, George Lucas said originally, you know, all this technology, all these effects and everything without a good story, it means nothing. It's, but it'll yeah, get people no, in, it'll put butts in seats though. It'll still put butts I, in seats, but I would slightly disagree with him a little bit on that. And that's maybe another conversation for another day yeah. as far as like what, um, yeah, you, 
you can have things that are just message. You can have things that are just spectacle. You can have things that are just story and you can have things that are just characters, you know, and when you have it, all four of those things, when they're all firing on the, on, you know, together, then it's, it's just amazing experience. Yeah. But it can still be good if it's just one or two of those things, because as long as it's well done, you know, a sermon is all message. Yeah. But if it's well done and if it's uh, well spoken and, you know, then it can change your life. You know, an essay is all message. Um, you know, so anyway. Yeah. That's the the difference also being is when you go to go to go to church there, you're expecting the sermon, you're expecting the message, and you're wanting to right. take it in. When I go to a movie, I want to be entertained. I don't want to get preached exactly, to. Exactly. Yeah. That's the and difference. See, but that's where with Avatar I was entertained because of the spectacle or yeah, the spectacle style. Did it. You know, yeah. It's it just you know, and so that was enough for me that day was to be just yeah. blown away by just the creature design and the 3D and the the bigness of the world and all that stuff. It was enough for me on that day. Yeah. That story, message, and and the <laughs> character, although there's some character moments in the first movie that I that I still remember that I was like, oh, that was kind of good. That was kind of good. But anyway. Yeah. But I find that one common theme for things you managed to enjoy is you, you're getting to spend time with your son and doing things to you with your son. That even <laughs> if it's something maybe is not that great, but you and your son watch it together, you're having a good time with your son. Well, that, that one. That says a lot. That one I was by myself. Well, that right? one you're by yourself. I mean, but I, I noticed that, rewatched it with my son. Rewatching with your son. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It's like, you know, a yeah. lot of these things that maybe maybe they weren't great, but you get to spend time with your son and you're having a good time watching it together. And that's the important yeah. part of it is that you're getting yeah. to spend time with your son and having fun with him. Exactly. So yeah, you and your is. son will go see the sequel and you'll have a good time together with your son. I sure and hope that'll so. be the important we'll, part. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, because it's the, so. it's the, that, that time you're spending together with your son. You know, I, heck, my, yeah. I, took, I took my dad to some crazy stuff like the live action Mortal Kombat tour. Had fun there just because dad and I just went to go watch something that was yeah. completely stupid, really. But we had fun. And I think, I think that's the key thing. Whether the movie is good or not, you getting to spend time with your son, just some father-son time, will make it fun. And that's the fifth thing. That's the fifth thing when I'm thinking about like if something's good or not is style, character, theme, story, fun. Like, fun. Yeah. Is it fun? Are you? Yeah. yeah. Have to you have, have the worst movie it. in the world and <laughs> it, it can still be fun. Yeah. So. Which I guess for some people is like that with that Tommy Wiseau movie that I'm to the room or whatever. I'm just not going to watch because I don't <laughs> People have had fun because it's so stupid. Then they laugh at it. I'm like, I would probably cringe the whole time and not, well, not have as much fun. That's Mr. Science Theater. You yeah, know, they that are, I could probably watch if they were making fun of it awful, that way. Awful, yeah. awful movies. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's not completely awful, but usually awful, awful movies. And they are having fun, mm -hmm. telling jokes. Right. And for me, it, you know, for me, I I used to letter comics as well, and and I would just sit and I'm just doing the work, lettering the comic, and I have Mr. Science Theater on the next screen over, and it's like I'm in my office, but I have these three guys telling jokes. Yep. To me, you know, like it, I'm not alone. <laughs> right. So. And that's what makes it makes that good, though, is them having all these jokes that they managed to make on movies and make fun of the yeah. movie. So although sometimes I, I when I've watched it, because I, I think I've uh, watched where they. Uh, 
Oh, in this movie, they claimed that they were before Star Wars, but they were totally Star Wars inspired. And it has David Hasselhoff show up like halfway through it. I cannot think of the name of it. Star Crash. Star Crash, yes. I I actually kind of was paying attention to the movie while they were making fun of it. I was like, this is actually such a ridiculous movie that I'm enjoying the stupidity of the movie and their jokes. Yeah, Star Crash, no, absolutely was not right. before Star Wars. I mean, they were they lied. a Star Wars ripoff from <laughs> go. Yeah. From day one, that was a Star Wars ripoff. <laughs> yeah. And David Asloff thought, this is my Harrison Ford moment. <laughs> yeah. And no. Yeah. there's no, an, I, don't, I don't know if Mystery Science Theater has ever tackled this movie. And oh, golly, I got to think of what the name of it is now. It's something Force. Um. But basically, I, and, and Philip has a copy of this movie. It's one of those so bad that if you like bad movies, it's going to be good. Is it Magnum Force? I think so, where it's almost like you watch it, it's like this had to been the inspiration for G.I. Joe because they have these ridiculous Magnum vehicles Force, yeah. and yeah. tight pants. Uh-huh. I want to see Mystery Science 3000. If they made fun of that movie, I want to watch that. So they didn't, but some of those guys did it Oops, uh, with Rift Tracks. Oh, Rift tracks. man did do magnum force oh man so. i said i gotta watch that because making fun of that movie would make it worth watching because oh that one was so bad that i laughed at some stuff because how bad it was but uh oh i could never watch that again because i'm like oh that's two hours of my life i'll never get back but i could probably watch some guys make fun of it the whole time <laughs> oh my goodness and that's a movie you watch and you're like they knew they thought that this was going to be like this big blockbuster like they really had something and I said, if nothing else, is like somewhere Hasbro must have seen this movie and thought we could do this with GI Joe. <laughs> well, again, I think that was after GI Joe, right? Like, but, I, I'm pretty sure that GI Joe. I mean, the the new wave, right? The, the three, the GI Joe versus Cobra thing. But I don't yeah. know. When I watched it, I said, this is what a GI Joe movie could have been. Well, it being. Definitely, <laughs> definitely could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Oh goodness. I'm actually out of hey, things. We for made it. The pre- yes, we made it. But now, of course, the only thing to throw on top of this is some stuff we might be looking forward to here in 2023. And uh, heck, I just got to mention, at least game-wise, uh, we've got Hogwarts Legacy coming, which I, your kids are going to probably be interested in. Uh, me being a Resident Evil fan, the remake of Resident Evil 4, which I didn't know if I was going to be interested in because I love the original, but... You know what? I'm kind of excited for that. Uh, so there's some upcoming games. Uh, looking forward to the the next Shazam movie, Fury of the Gods. Um, uh, I think even, yeah, even Disney Plus, we've got uh, the next season of The Bad Batch coming up pretty quick. I think January got 4th. Ant-Man and the Wasp coming. Oh, Quantum and, yeah. Mania. Quantum Mania, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yes. And uh, hopefully Dune Part 2. That's... Uh, all uh, so long as it, take, it took them to make the first one. I was kind of surprised they hadn't been working on the next part, but before you know they released that one. But I guess they didn't know it was going to be that good. But dang, was well, that good? Uh, yeah, I. They knew, but they didn't know. I guess <laughs> right. <laughs> they were a little afraid, but it's like you know what? Go ahead and take the risk. Go ahead and be working on that second part because we don't want to have to wait. You know, another five years for you to finish because they put so much work and effort into that. And oh my goodness. Oh, here's wow. one. Rebel Moon. I don't know what that is. Rebel Moon is Zack Snyder's Star Wars pitch that was rejected. Huh. And so he took it and said, well, fine, I'll just turn it into an original concept. And so. Who that's knows one with that I'm one? Yeah, that's hit. Zack Snyder can be about. a hit or miss. So it could be amazing or it could be, oh, that was okay. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. What I'd like somebody to do is get back to George Lucas and say, what were your ideas for the Star Wars sequels? Can we see those movies? 
I don't know. I kind I mean, of just want to see. <laughs> At least some books or something. Yeah, like. I, I want to see. comic book series. Yeah, a comic book series would Com- be good. Do a comic book series. Yeah, because yeah. I'm just curious, like, what was George originally going to do that somebody at Disney thought, eh, let's just throw that away and do this, because uh, I, I feel like George would have had a better story than what they did. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he also produced Howard the Duck. So Yeah, Howard the Duck has some qualities. It's fun, but it's, yeah, it's a weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's got some things I laughed at, but I, that was I was a kid laughing at some of that stuff, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I watched it now. I'm sure I'd be like, <laughs> but no, there's there's moments now that you're watching like, oh, now I understand. And <laughs> this was a kids movie. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was meant to be a kids movie ever. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd almost be afraid to watch it, but I was like, I remember as a kid thinking, this is silly, you know, it's a duck and a weird monster and stuff, and yeah. But yeah, I probably better should never watch that movie. <laughs> all right, anything else you can think of that we're looking forward to in 2023? Not a quick look at the, you know, up-and-coming movies on, on, my, on Google, so... Alright, well we we just hope we get a lot of great entertainment and that uh, somebody at Disney wises up and, and starts making better stuff. I mean, at least they're doing some good stuff still on Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus is their best hope, and they're still doing some good Star Wars. Sometimes their Marvel stuff is a little shaky to me, but they're doing some good Star Wars, at least on Disney+. Plus. Having a great time with that, so yeah, please keep doing that. More Andor, please. Definitely. <laughs> and please keep it going the way you did. All right, but as we wrap up every show, I got to remember to uh, remind y'all to go to NeverlandPodcast.com. And while we're doing that, hey, what, is, what was those websites again? Yeah, so StrangersAndAliens.com. That is where you can find um, our podcast about science fiction, fantasy, creativity, and uh, faith, spirituality, and Christianity. Um, those and just how they meet together. Um we're also doing some YouTube uh, videos as well, short short things about books to read and things like that. So that's YouTube.com slash Strangers and Aliens. Yeah. I'm uh, trying to think which one I got subscribed com. on here, too, because I remember uh, you mentioned uh, some YouTube in the, in the episode of when yeah, I was thinking, yeah. let's see what this show is about. Let's see, which one did I get subscribed to? Let me go look at it. You keep talking while I look this up. <laughs> yeah. uh, Comic Book Time Machine is, is taking just – that's kind of my most sporadic – thing it's just when i have time to read comics sometimes i record about them so um i do some going through some series and things like that like john carter of mars star Mm. wars marvel comics different things like that micronauts is coming up um and then welcome to level seven is my marvel podcast where we go through it's an index show where we're just watching everything um there's some netflix stuff we haven't watched yet and there's uh we haven't finished she hulk but yeah so yeah. welcome to level7.com. Yeah, and Strangers and Aliens, uh, that's the one I, I've got subscribed to that I, you mentioned that you have a YouTube channel. And I was sitting there like, do I want to just listen to this or should I go find this YouTube video? Because there was one you were talking about. I was like, there's video to this. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, I, I pull double duty on it because, you know, it's just easier sometimes. <laughs> to, to, I, I could record two things in one week or record one thing for two things. You know, like, <laughs> right. Uh, Double duty. All righty. And as I remind you all, of course, to go to NeverlandPodcast.com. You might have to resubscribe if you're watching this on YouTube and you've lost your audio feed and you don't know why. It's because I moved to Red Circle and uh, this, as as of January, 
Uh, I no longer have anything to do with Libsyn. Everything is fully moved over to Red Circle. You should have been rerouted over there. So hopefully everything's <laughs> fine and you got this episode. But if not, I've been warning you for the past month that we're on Red Circle. Uh, but we want to re- remember to thank Karen Kennedy and Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite, who was unfortunately not able to join us today. And Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show for their help in creating our intro. Don't forget, you can email us, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Find us on Twitter, NeverlandPCast. Facebook.com, we have both a page for you to like and also a group if you would like to discuss things. Remember, you can also join the Neverlanders, get your official nickname, and come to NeverlandPodcast.com. Remember, all Lost Boys do have a nickname. That's part of the thing. Uh, we also don't have any Lost Girls because girls are too clever and they don't get lost. So we do have Pixie, so you can choose your nickname for a Pixie there as well. Also, while you're there, don't forget to click right there, middle of the screen, if you happen to have a podcast. My Podcast Reviews. You can get your reviews from around the world, all collected and sent to you via email. You even get a nice little app right there for uh, for viewing right there on the web page. You can also find a click here. Real easy to write a review. Please go and write a review of how much fun you're having listening to the show. Hopefully you're having fun listening to the show. If you're not having fun, tell me what I should fix. And that also makes a pretty nice review. Either way, some helpful feedback is always good. Uh, but also, don't forget, we have the Patreon.com. Well, we have a patreon.com. That makes sense. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast. And now, as we say at the end of every show, and I'm going to confuse the Dickens out of Brett here, because I'm going to say, get lost. In an adventure! And we'll see you next time. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.